Welcome, everyone, to the last American Pubcast. I am PJ Williams, host of Wartime Propaganda, joined this week and every week by my co-host Frank of Let's Be Frank and Tom of America Floats. And this week, we have our very first guest, Drew Hancock. So sit back, raise a glass, and enjoy the show. Frank, Tom, Drew, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, just got done playing uh, some golf with my son and uh, ran late in getting into the studio. So, yeah, I'm all set, ready to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what, uh, I'm doing well. Do I licked all the oil slicks on my windows clean. We're good. You got the, oh, did you say you got oh, the oil sorry. slicks on your uh, windows clean? Yep. I said I was just doing a little bit yeah. of choring. Yep. But, Frank, I, that's a good question. Nine or 18? Did you make the turn? Uh, just nine. Nine today. Nice. Drew, how you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I went to the DMV today, so I'm doing much. I'm much happier now. Thanks for uh, the invite. I'm glad to be your first guest. It's an honor. Yeah, well, thank you. Welcome to and the show. From, um, sorry, go ahead, fresh Tom. from the DMV. It sounds like a. It sounds like you're doing an open mic bit in a minute. Like I just came from the DMV. I'm like, okay, I can't wait to hear this one. Go ahead. Yeah, let me tell you about this DMV. Did you know that at the DMV they're slow? <laughs> you know, I've got all these bases on the wall behind me. I feel like I need to pull one out and do like a Seinfeld uh, baseline <laughs> for the next 30 seconds. Yeah, we're that having to have a, you, that would be a for great making the time to come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for the invite. The intro, let me say, the intro was very good. I like that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing what we talk about. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, Frank, so, you got a sh you got a story for us to start off with tonight, right? Yeah. Well, obviously, it's uh, in the thumbnail. We're talking about two tier justice system um, at play. You know, we've been seeing this take place now for the last few years. It just kind of seems like it's been even more in your face over the course of the last year, where people are able to get out on bail and not face any consequences. But people that are caught up in the political game that might be on the wrong political spectrum seems to be paying. Uh, penalties more so than the other side. And I'm speaking about Steve Bannon, uh, who recently was just uh, found guilty in a D.C. court for a contempt of Congress charge, uh, which took place uh, this last week, which was Thursday, I believe, where they found him guilty. So let me go ahead and pull that story up here for us to take a look at and see where we go from here. So here we got uh, this is coming to us from WayneDupree.com. It says, uh, jury convicts Steve Bannon of contempt charge of Congress. Um, and he boasts that appeals are coming. So here we are. We are dead set in the middle of a midterm election season right now. And we are still seeing more and more political witch hunts go out around the country. I mean, we talked about on the first show, we talked about what was happening in Michigan, for example, where they were going after uh, governor candidates and things like that there. We see it happening other places around the country. And it seems like almost, a, it, well, it is a double standard because Eric Holder, if we remember uh, the AG for President Barack Obama, was also held in contempt of Congress, but the DOG, DOJ failed or refused to even bring any charges on it. So where do we go from here? What is the uh, recourse? And is there going to be a mandate now from the GOP heading into the midterms as, hey, you guys have just opened up a president, or a Senate president, you guys better get ready because we're coming. What do you guys think? Well, I think that's the problem with uh, the Republican parties. We don't do mutually assured destruction well enough. So when you look at uh, the way that they're going after every political candidate, they went after Ryan Kelly with the FBI. They've gone after Trump with two impeachments. They're still doing the January 6th uh, BS committee nonsense. 
And, you know, when, when Trump gets into office, there's that clip and it's been viral forever and people still kind of cheer it, but it didn't lead to anything, which was the, well, if I'm president, you'd be in jail type thing. We don't do the mutually assured destruction type stuff. So as long as this stuff keeps happening uh, from the left and we don't actually push back, I think it's just going to keep happening. It's just like with the Supreme Court. They could pack the Supreme Court, but when we get into power, we wouldn't actually put justices back in to balance the, the courts out. Yeah, I agree. I think when Steve Bannon says everyone is is now the target, they're coming for everyone. That was the quote. I think they asked him, yeah. uh, you know, what his current feeling was, and he'd done a couple different interviews after having the um, the verdict come in. He doesn't have sentencing yet, so we don't know what his punishment will be. He could do more jail time or prison time um, than any. And this was the point made on the Patriots.win today, but he'll do more jail time if he gets sent to jail, sentenced, than Comey, McCabe struck lisa page anybody else who actually worked to unseat a duly elected government official i don't think he's really done anything wrong and they want to throw him in in, in jail in prison so yeah when he says they're coming for everyone and this is war and he sounds a little bit like andrew breitbart uh i guess that gets my blood pumping yeah yeah, it's like this concept of when I am weaker than you, I ask for freedom because that is according to your principles. But when I am stronger than you, I take away your freedom because that is according to my principles. I think what PJ is talking about uh, responding in kind, I think that's something that has to at least be considered because things aren't fair and they never will be fair as long as progressives control the entire administrative state, which they do currently. Um, all of these institutions, people talk about systemic racism. I think it's very much the opposite. Everything is controlled by progressives at this point in time. Uh, every government institution, uh, the corporate press, Hollywood, entertainment, everything is controlled by progressives. And at a certain point, like, yeah, you have to push back. Uh, these things aren't fair. There are double standards everywhere because of this. And uh, yeah, recognize that and then just deal what you can from there. Well, I th you're exactly right, though. Even if it is a double standard, that's the problem is that without the threat of mutually assured destruction, it's going to continue to go in one direction. So, yeah, you might have to, like, bend your principles a little bit in order to get things back into balance. But I don't see any, I, I just don't see any other way right now. Yeah. yeah. Do you see Steve? Yeah, and I think for a little while, you're going to see the pendulum swing harder the other way. Mm. Probably. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, uh, do, we have, do we have a delay? Do we have a, a lag? You're, you're, you're lagging a little bit, Tom. Oh, yeah, you have been. Yeah, sorry. All right. Technical difficulties. That's right. <laughs> this was a stream set up on the fly, right? <laughs> on a golf course <laughs> welcome back tom's got that welfare internet going on over there <laughs> are you no, on starlink I, I should be, I, it's not me i should <laughs> no, be fine my, my thing says i'm good okay but right. obviously it's me <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness uh so you know looking at this and we, we've talked yeah. about how you know Obviously, progressives and stuff are, are holding a lot of these positions of power, whether it be in the judiciary or in the administrative state. Does does Steve Bannon do any time do you, or do you think he's able to continue this appeal process where it will go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will then have to make a decision? And then, of course, it would set a precedent moving forward. You, you, you want to take this one first, Drew? I have no idea. That, that question is beyond me. I don't know <laughs> the ins and outs of that stuff, so I'll leave it to you all. I didn't hear it. So, repeat your question real quick, Frank. Oh, goodness. Sorry, Mr. Frank. <laughs> Sorry. We weren't paying attention. Can Tom's you ask back, the question you're, again? You, you look yeah, a lot yeah. clearer now. I think it's... I think yeah, you do look a lot clearer yeah. now. Well, joke yeah. on you. I didn't do a damn thing, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about 
do you believe that Steve Bannon will see a a day in 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 jail, or will the appeal process work itself out where it does reach the Supreme Court, and then they have to make a decision? Then, based off of that decision, sets a precedent moving forward with political uh, witch hunts moving forward. Yeah, so I think just like how we're trying to fight Russia as a, a proxy war through Ukraine, we're going to see them try to uh, imprison Donald Trump by first getting the Trump advisor. They're going to call him a Trumper. They're going to say, Steve Bannon, that's a guy that basically ran the 2016 campaign. He's basically Trump. If we take Steve Bannon out, we basically take the brain out of the Trump machine. We take the conductor out of the Trump train. And so I think they're going to try to put him on even weekends, like just give him something that will punish him. And then we'll say, we locked them up. We've got Trump acolytes doing jail time. And that's going to be it. Whether they you know, have any, you know, depth of their story, whether the left delves further to realize, Hey, this isn't really what they're saying. It is, um, they're going to malign it just like they're, you know, they maligned Paul Manafort. They told you that he was guilty of all of these collusive efforts. And really he just, you know, did what all of the rich elite bankers do and try to hide some money when they're taking it back home, which by the way, I would do too. If I were out making billions of dollars overseas, I would try not to pay as much taxes as possible, bringing it home. That seems stupid to not do that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think they'll go after everybody they can fight these proxy wars. They can't quite get to Trump, so they'll take it started with, you know, like you said, Carter Page and Manafort and things like that. So they've been they've been gunning for Steve Bannon for five years now. So if they can put him in jail for even like you said, even weekends, they're they're gonna do it. And I oh, think yeah, it's, I think there's an escalation to this as well, and it's just getting worse. It'll be it'll be Steve Bannon, and then it'll be um, the next person in that they think, well, if we can get Steve, we got the we got the guilty verdict on a grand jury for Steve. Who's the next person closest to Trump? And then the next and then maybe it's Donald Trump Jr. or whomever until they can get the man, the myth, the legend, the Geotis himself. And I think obviously we all know that's who they're gunning for. But if they can get enough people that they can say this, this bubble surrounding Trump, this triangulation of people. That all were working. They were conspiring with Trump. We can now say it's a RICO case. They all conspired with him. So whether or not they need Trump to have done anything wrong, they get three people in his cabinet that they can see doing something wrong. They may, and I wouldn't put it past them, try to justify charging him at that point. And you tell me I'm wrong that the left wouldn't do that right now. Yeah, no, but you're right because it does set that uh, that uh, in people's minds. They read a headline that says, Oh, Steve Bannon, it doesn't matter what the charge was. As long as they have Steve Bannon arrested or Steve, like like right now, the headlines are Steve Bannon arrested for contempt of Congress, right? Like it doesn't matter what he was arrested for. As soon as that headline gets out there and they connect it to Trump and they do that with enough guys, they could do, I mean, they could do a, a, a speeding ticket. It doesn't matter as long as they can keep setting up the narrative that everybody around Trump is a criminal. Therefore, Trump is a criminal. Exactly right. It's what yeah. they did with Paul Manafort and the, yeah. the comment there. Peter Navarro is another one. If they can get you on a uh, G General Flynn, hey, we process crime. We He lied to the FBI. Remember, they, they slammed General Flynn, yeah. multi-star general, tried to tell the public that he was a traitor, um, a man that should never have to buy himself a drink in a bar. Instead, probably wasn't able to go to a public bar safely. Um, those These are the people that should pay. Yep. No, totally agree. I mean, and, and moving forward, you know, there's already plans being spoken to about, you know, Trump's, uh, if he were to uh, win re-election in 2024, that he would clean out the administrative state, which I think is a good thing. I think the administration state needs to be cleaned out. And this is what's coming from Axios over here. Uh, they talked about a radical plan for Trump's second term. 
And it just quickly, you know, illustrates former President Trump's uh Former President Trump's top allies are preparing to radically reshape the federal government if he is reelected, purging potentially thousands of civil servants and filling career posts with loyalties to him and his America First ideology. People involved in the discussion tell Axios. Yeah, I remember seeing all of the woke recruiting videos for the FBI, the CIA. If anyone was hired directly as a response or consequence of those woke recruiting ads, those should be the first heads of these 50,000 people to go. And then every other bureaucrat who has access to proof of election tampering, fraud, or whatever other mis, uh, malfeasance or mismanagement, there are people within the FBI, the DOJ, DHS, all of the other NSA, CIA, etc. They all have access to some kind of proof. You're telling me that 50,000 people, you can't imagine 50,000 handpicked people couldn't sit on information or otherwise be in fear for their life if they spoke up. I would love to see all of these people get thrown out so we can see what they're really doing. This line right here, this paragraph from the uh, article, really, really, you know, I was pretty excited when I heard this. And this is something he should have probably have done in his first term um, was cleaning out this administrative state. But the impact could go well beyond typical conservative targets. Us be the EPA, the IRS, uh, Trump allies are working on plans that would potentially strip layers at the Justice Department, including the FBI, reaching into national security, intelligence, the State Department, and the Pentagon, sources closest to the former president says, yeah, those I do believe many of those agencies, we have so many redundant agencies. It reminds me of the, the movie uh, 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 Office Space, where yeah. what do you do here? Can you tell me what you do here? <laughs> None of these people. Well, this is the greatest endorsement for a Trump presidency in 2024 I've ever read. So I love the headline. It's like, oh, radical new plan to uh, reduce the bloated bureaucratic state. And it like that's the radical plan is to get rid of all of this ridiculous bureaucracy. It is the greatest Trump campaign ad I've ever read. Yeah, I hope it wouldn't just be because it says on there, oh, he wants to get rid of all of the he wants to clean house and replace them with Trump people. Uh, the majority of those positions like the EPA, get rid of it. Just you entirely. don't need to replace it with a Trump yeah. person. Just get rid of it entirely. Uh, say you do replace the FBI director with someone who supports Trump. Okay, in five years, it's going to go back to the progressives again. Right. Yeah, I do like the um, maybe the analogy that they should use going forward is like, not only do you have to pull the weeds, but you also have to spray Roundup or some kind of control. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to replace them, but you do want to do something different other than just get rid of them and replace they're, them they're with replaced. people that you hope will do it. The replace line for a lot of these agencies is is just as uh, weak need as a lot of the, uh, well, we need to uh, remove Obamacare and replace it with something. We don't need to replace it with anything. We just need to get rid of it. So a lot of these agencies entirely, the EPA, the, the um, why am I blanking on it? The uh, Department the, of Education. Dar thank you. The Department <laughs> of Education. Yeah, absolutely. We need to just entirely get rid of the, the ATF entirely. ATF should be a party store. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. I'm going to go there to buy all my stuff. <laughs> and make a good point. If Very there was compelling. one set up on every corner, it'd be the busiest place in town. <laughs> I should open a party store and just call it ATF. That's just a great name. Do you think I would get? <laughs> yeah, you can just put it up opposite every CBS. There we so go. CBS on one corner, ATF on the other. You're good to go. Well, in, no, don't and, well, in Michigan, you've got you've got two corners taken because every CVS has a Walgreens on the other corner. So it's a little competitive. Yeah. So we'll have to have three of the four corners taken. I don't know what the fourth corner will be. Maybe a Big B's, but. No, it's always one of those really cheap uh, haircut places. Yeah, yeah. It's like something clips, whatever it is. It's something clips. Drew, Great clips, cheap clips. Yeah, all, all the clips. clips Mail clips. Could, could, we, you, could we survive as a nation gutting many of these agencies out of here? 
Can we survive as a nation if we don't? That's the real question. Yeah, Could we a... survive as a stream if Frank didn't keep us on track? Yeah, no, we couldn't. <laughs> I, I will mean, be right listen. back, guys. Nope. All right. Okay. I thought he said we're going to be right back. Like we were about to go to a commercial break. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm in favor of like all the departments get rid of them. Like, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Ron Paul and I like the idea of why don't we get back to the Constitution? I think we should go further than that even. But uh, yeah, get rid of all of it. I think we're fine. How's big government worked out? We're $30 trillion in debt. Can we say bad words on here? Not that I'm going to, just curious. Uh, just avoid the F-bomb. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Uh, uh, let's dive into a little bit more of that where you were talking about. You, you dive into a little bit more about, uh, you know, gutting most of these things out of here, you know, getting rid of the, you know, how do you deal with the Fed? How do you get rid of the Fed? What's the steps do you take as a as a person being elected into office? What's the steps that need to be taken? So this person in the comments saying, don't forget the FDA. Yes, get rid of the FB, FDA. Uh, audit the Fed, I would say, in the Fed, which uh, Frank just asked about. But get rid uh, of the CDC, right? We'd have to get rid of the CDC. We'd have to get rid of basically every alphabet agency. And Drew, I think you said it right. Why don't we just turn the clock back a bit uh, install the constitution again. You know, sometimes you have a computer and it gets just bogged down with downloads and games and other stuff. And you're like, you know what? This worked a lot better when it was brand new. So what do you do? You just go back, you delete everything, you save what you need, and then you do a factory reset. And maybe we could just do a constitutional backup. We backed up to the constitution and then you save like whatever the civil rights that laws that you like those, you like some amendments and then hard reset, <laughs> go back to that point save civil rights and a few other odds and ends that you all like. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally returning to the constitution would be preferable. I don't think that's possible, at least not for the entire United States. I think it could be something locally to where, you know, half the country secedes and, uh, you know, they decide to be a constitutional Republic, but you know, California, all of these places, I don't think would ever go along with it. The majority of the country, I don't think would be happy going back to the constitution because they love their handouts. Hmm. Well, I think yeah. that's where the government quote is like, if you do what the dumb masses want, there won't be some kind of, there won't be a civilized society if you do what the people in society all clamor for as a mass. So like you have to, this is why they, they came up with the, the idea that senators were better men than the people in Congress, because the Congress, they were representative of the dirty masses and the public opinion was there. But in the Senate, it was more long-term structural planning from the, the elite, the people who were smart enough to think ahead. Maybe that's kind of what we see here. Yeah, I like this comment here. It says, Tesla's downsizing in America can too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I are... wonder if McDonald's ever thought of that. You know, you used to be able to like biggie, biggie size it or was that, maybe that's Burger King. Super McDonald's, you could supersize it. Yeah. Maybe in the future, they'll have like an option to make your meal a little cheaper and you'll just get everything a little smaller. Yeah, speaking of meals though, I mean, if we're if we're hungry, you know, one of the biggest trends right now that's hitting Twitter is talking about cannibalism. I thought you were going to give us a DiGiorno ad again, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this cannibalism ad is ridiculous. Or ad. <laughs> this cannibalism article <laughs> is, is, is it ridiculous. Is an ad? I don't know if it's an ad now. <laughs> we're not advertising for cannibalism yet. They haven't paid us yet. But did you have it? Uh, did you want me to pull it up or did you have yeah, it pulled up? No, go, yeah, go ahead okay, and pull yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah. That's what our lead in was. Sorry. Yep. No, sorry. I just last week it was you disappearing this week. It's me. <laughs> you know, it's just that we started the stream and I, my wife usually brings me a beer when we start. And I just felt wrong being on the last American pubcast without it, without my big old mug of beer. So I had to go grab it. So 
Um, yeah, so this art, you, did you guys all read this? A Taste of Cannibalism. It says a spate of recent stomach-churning books, TV shows, and films suggest we've, looked, uh, we've never looked so delicious to one another. And it kind of, uh, it's really long, so I'm not well, going to read I, the I think, whole thing. But. I think Jill Biden's already there. She's talked about Hispanics being tacos. I mean, she, obviously, she sees us as food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is the article highlights each individual multimedia um, a consumer product that you would have come across over the last five years. And so it goes through like a Hulu series and a Showtime series and something else, maybe from Netflix that all either hinges on or sur like surrounds on um, the idea of cannibalism in one way or another. It's a woman eating flesh or a man who's addicted to eating people or another thing about eating people. Uh, you see more and more of this. And it's of course, I think, you know, they're telegraphing what it is they want to project onto society to get it all desensitized so that when it happens it happens i thought well, there 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 was a, a comedian um a couple uh about five five ten years ago daniel tosh i think you may probably many of you guys yeah. probably know who he is he had a bit where he talked about what uh what people probably would taste like you know white people would probably taste like mac and cheese and uh black people would taste like fried chicken and you know it, it went down and, and it, it, everybody was laughing and then he got to the black person whatever he's like ooh, they, they would say they're like, what, you're not going to laugh? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that bit. That was a good bit. Yeah. But no, to, to Tom's point, though, this the, the um, Andrew Breitbart line, uh, politics is down. You're muted. Yeah, you muted yourself. <laughs> Am I back? What the? I don't know what happened. It's the same that happened last week. Yeah, now you're on that, yep. uh, your webcam mic. Yep. <laughs> My I, gosh. I, I let I let PJ open the show and this is what we got him so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I don't know. It, like, the, the stream freaks out of me and it like it mutes my audio and changes it. I don't know why that's happening. So um but I was saying it's like the Andrew Bright Breitbart line, uh, politics is downstream from culture. And I feel like recently we've been seeing it's not always that way. Like there is culture that's downstream of politics, and I would say something like uh Roe v. Wade would be a good um example of that. We saw the the American people's I mindset towards abortion change after roe v wade not before um but no this is a perfect example like the whole thing it just keeps going on about uh we're getting more used to this it's in these books and there's this line here that's the weirdest one it says uh quote i think we're often drawn to things that repulse us the most miss lyle 42 said uh mr nickerson 43 chimed in but i keep coming back to the idea of what portion of a revulsion to these things is a fear of ecstasy of them that's a yeah, that, freaking that's weird decadent, line. That's the decadence uh, paradox, yeah. right? If you live right. in in such decadence that you could not need for anything, that you need some kind of instigative angst in your life for there to be meaning and for there to be a challenge, then they seek it in worse and worse things. And when you're perverted already, it manifests like this. Yeah, and it goes on to like start talking about the uh, the anti meat type stuff, like all of these. Uh, you know, eat the bugs type propaganda, eat the fake Bill Gates meat type stuff and talks about like uh, movies with farming humans and stuff. And it's it's kind of making the case, it seems like in a weird way of, you know, eating beef is so terrible that it would be preferable if we started getting used to the idea of eating even even eating humans, not just bugs or or uh, this fake uh, meat stuff from from Bill Gates. It's a really weird article. Well, well that's the that thing you say. Oh, sorry, Frank, you say no. you say that. Politics is downstream from culture, uh, the, the Breitbart quote. Yeah. And that makes total sense if you 
approach this all from the perspective of as the elite, how do we get pedophilia, uh, cannibalism, all the other ritualistic things that they need to do. Um, and they want it to do, they want to do it in the open. They want to own you as a debt slave and they want to do all their ritual stuff in the open. That's total power. If they can get that done politically and, and they want that as the goal, then they have to first instill that in the culture. So you'll see that drip into the culture from time to time. They drip, drip, drip upstream. And then it comes down into politics. They go, well, politics has to reflect what the people want. And so I just want to push back on your one point where you said uh, Roe v. Wade happens and then the public opinion changes to reflect uh, what I it would does. say over 50 years. It definitely became much more pro-abortion for a while till it till it didn't. Yeah, Well, that's the thing. And I think we we overcame like humanity realizing that this is wrong. No matter what propaganda they put in front of us, no matter how many generations of women are told it's about your rights. It's not about that thing in there. It's a clump of cells. Right. No, and, and as we get further along in science, more and more people realize that it's probably not a good thing to abort. Um, I don't think that it changed minds. I think that people almost were given like that mass psychosis after Roe v. Wade. And I think people saw through it. And over time, they kind of ripped that blindfold off. And now we have new eyes to see. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm just saying I'm not saying now that we're more uh, OK with abortion. I'm saying for 40, almost 50 years, the majority of it, the 30 years, maybe uh, after Roe v. Wade, it definitely became more accept more and more acceptable. We, we believe the lies of safe, legal and rare and all that stuff when it became apparent that it was uh, that a life was a life that, you know, science, like you said, ult uh, ultrasounds, things like that started to w wake people up. And then you saw the left for what it was, which is not pro-choice, but entirely pro-abortion. You see Liz Warren going out there and saying it's terrible. That these women could possibly get help from these uh, pregnancy clinics that will give them money and food for their baby and help them find adoption and all that stuff. You see them for what they are. So it did come back. But I still think that like from 1973 to like the 90s, maybe in the early 2000s, it was it was a, a trend of becoming much more acceptable in society. Yeah, hmm. there. well, if you guys remember an uh, old movie back from the 1970s where the main character, you know, was trying to find out what the uh, food product was actually uh, being given to people. Remember, Soylent Green is people. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that that is where we're headed. I believe it was even in 2019, there was a protester that crashed uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's campaign stop and talking about how AOC eats babies. She likes to eat babies. I mean, this is this is the stuff that's, you know, been talked about, you know, behind, you know, kind of closed doors in a way. Or if you talked about it, you were you were kind of, you know, labeled a conspiracy theory. These people don't want to eat people. And here we are talking about an article where they're talking about the joys of eating people or the uh, ecstasy of eating somebody. Well, Tom said it exactly right earlier that this is the the open uh, ritualistic nature of their of their weird cult. Like we've seen the you know uh, they're banning the term groomer on on Twitter on Reddit. My favorite one is Reddit. They're now make, calling them predit predators on Reddit, right? Predators. So yeah. like yeah, exactly. It's, it's brilliant. But you're seeing all of this uh, stuff. Like a few years ago, I, when you would say something like. Uh, you know, there's an there's a satanic cabal of people that want to sacrifice your children and do blood rituals and things like that. And you would show people Marina Abramovich stuff, and they would just call you a kooky conspiracy theorist. And now they're openly advocating for uh, pedophilia. They're openly advocating for cannibalism and all these things. It's not a conspiracy anymore. It's like the Alex Jones's right meme is becoming truer by the day. But. Yeah, I'm reading this article. That's a that's whack. <laughs> that's whack. <laughs> that's a, that's my Zoomer analysis of uh, the article about cannibalism. That's whack. No cap.
<laughs> no cap. Well, have we, haven't we seen examples of this in the past? I mean, we've seen Hollywood celebrities do parties where they, um, you know, they pretend they have like cakes and other things that are in the shape of, right? I mean, you guys have seen these things. Yeah, that was Marina Abramovich was behind some of those what? parties. Lady Gaga was at them. Like an yeah. eyes wide shut party. Yeah. Exactly. So it's As, like they yeah. put it they put it in your face because they first need you to be desensitized to it. They need you to think it's all a big show. It's all a big joke. And eventually when it becomes reality, as the article says, what's the big deal? Hey, we're just pursuing that taboo. Uh, and that's what it is like the, the taboo pursuit. They want to do the worst, worst, worst thing. And it gets just to the next level to seek that same thrill, whether it's the young children or eating people or whatever other blood rituals. I don't know what you guys are all up to. Well, Tom, uh, was it uh, episode one or episode two of our American Pubcast where we talked about the uh, the thing, the ritual they do over in Europe when they turned on the CERN? Or you know whatever? what's funny? We I don't think we actually talked about it on air. I think we were talking about oh, it. We didn't. We didn't talk about it on the show. Oh, yeah, we so didn't. we didn't talk about the CERN rituals because okay. we had all the we video and we kind of missed it. But yeah, the CERN stuff is so weird. All those and those rituals have been going on for a while. But I also wanted to say. You know this idea of desensitizing people to to cannibalism. We saw this in the in the background of this uh, whole idea of maps for ten years, and a lot of people didn't pay attention to it until the last one or two years, where the push started becoming a lot uh, more aggressive. But there were people pointing this out that there was uh, Slate articles. There was uh, I think it was mostly Slate. They had that guy on who was like, "Hey, I babysit kids, and uh, I'm also a pedophile, but I don't touch them, so it's fine." You know, like those type of articles were ten years ago, and now we're seeing. You know, teachers that openly want to sexualize everything about their kids. They want to put literal pornography in schools. And these school boards are telling the parents, you're not allowed to read the pornography to tell us what's in these things, but we can put it in front of your kids. That's why it doesn't surprise me when you see stuff like this. And, you know, we'll come out and say, like, hey, this is probably desensitizing people. And you'll be called crazy. And then in three years, it'll not be eat the bugs. It'll be eat, eat your neighbor. Well, you know how you're not you're not misunderstanding it. You know how you can prove that. They call the parents who stand up against any of this domestic terrorists. So it's not right. just like, oh, well, we, we, we crossed a line. The wording was clumsy. We, we said this. We meant that. It's not that. They want to do it in front of you. And if you speak up about it, you get culled. So if so long as everyone doesn't stand up at once, they're, they're going to get away with it because they're just going to take an inch every time. It's like that. Uh, what was the movie in, uh, in Korea? They did the red light, green light. That's oh, what they're yeah. going to do. Squid yeah. game. Squid game. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I feel I, like I'm the only person who has not seen Squid Games yet. Really? It was yeah, actually pretty I good. I actually enjoyed it. Everybody says it's good. I just I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I remember whenever uh, that Supreme Court decision in 2015 about gay marriage was passed and people were saying, oh, well, uh, pedophilia is next or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. They're not going to go out for pedophilia. Come on now. It's just gay marriage. It's nothing like that. And uh, I still wouldn't say confidently that the two are related, but yes, they started going for pedophilia after that. They, those people were entirely right, and I rescind my condemnation of that. This is this is why I've found it so fascinating over the last few years to really study the uh, Marxist infiltration of America over the last 50 to 100 years, because everything that you're seeing today has a history of, of more than 50, 60, 70 years. So like th that one, if, like there were people that probably knew who Harry Hay was, knew that he was the start 
of the LGBT pride movement, right? Well, before it was that, which is lesbian and gay pride movement or whatever back in the 1960s. And he was also the founder of NAMBLA, the North American Man Boy Love Association. So when you start to see the connections back in the 1960s, and then people are like, you know what? If you start saying that men and women are interchangeable, it's going to necessarily lead to the transgender movement. When you start uh, making all the sexual fetishes uh, mainstream, it's going to lead to more and more uh, progressively weirder and grosser and more uh, nefarious sexual practices. That's on, it's probably just people, people studied history. Are you saying that Nambla isn't just the knockoff Boy Scouts? Because that's what I was told when we joined. <laughs> Are you saying that that's... I got to make a call. You guys didn't have sleeping bags. You just uh, huddled together for warmth, right? That yeah, was it was a the, single was, bag. Got a that's what they said. It was the single sleeping bag. I thought that was normal. Yeah. <laughs> Th- those, those merit badges are not going to cross over. No, I don't think Let's so. Let's just say we didn't iron them on. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But yeah, that that's just crazy how we've gone, you know, we're, we're talking about cannibalism right now and everything that's kind of, you know, going along with it. I mean, what, what, what do we do with this? What do normies do with this information? Because when they see it, they, they still think it's like way out there and we're just absolutely nuts. How do you deliver this to normies? Eat, tell them to eat steak. That's the whole thing. We have to stop believing in the population bomb myth or pop. Yeah. Is that what it was? The population bomb lie where we've yeah. reduced people to just uh, we're Carbon. a plague on the earth. This to- total druidic nonsense, this uh, paganistic druidic nonsense that the earth wasn't created for us. It's this anti-Christian idea that we're just a cancer on the earth. The Georgia Guidestones lie. And, you know, you continue to push people away from just eating natural meats and vegetables and things like that into these weirder and weirder things. I think that's, that this is weirdly enough, inevitably where it leads that people oh, don't matter know, that we we're a cancer on the earth. So why would it matter if you eat your neighbor? You're doing, you're doing something great for mother earth. You know, I do think it's carbon, funny when the, the carbon they're trying to reduce when, when <laughs> yeah, the left reducing. makes an accusation, it's a, it's always their, their, um, their confession. What am I trying to say? Their, their, what their confession by, yeah, their projection. So yeah. when they say we're a scourge on the earth, we're a detriment on society, we need to limit ourselves, you know the only people really capable of feeling that way about humanity are the worst humans, right? right. And then you go to the, the comment here, which I loved. Joe molested his dog in the shower. You know, you heard the story about Joe falling. You hurt his foot because the dog tripped him in the shower, and it was all weird. And we were like, why was the dog in the shower? And then we knew that Joe Biden took his daughter in the shower and she wrote it. So now it all makes sense. The shower, the dog, the molestation yeah. and the pedophilia slipping into, you know, what other bestiality we're talking. Well, about? I think, I think what that one is, uh, the white house did some editorializing. Joe said he tripped over his bitch in the shower. Yeah. So it's not the worst thing. Dr. Jill Biden's been called to this week. By the way. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Biden, uh, this week he announced he had cancer. And the media didn't even, nobody asked about it. Nobody in the press conference said, uh, 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 diversity hire press secretary, does Joe Biden have cancer? Why did he say he had cancer? Nobody asked. I, I figured right. everyone would be asking, wanting to know. Did yeah, they all, not they even all see him. They no. all see how he's doing. So they know cancer is not the worst thing he's got to deal with. They're not even worried about that. The funny response, the, the best response to the cancer thing was, well, that's, he. you know, he doesn't know what he's saying. He has dementia. Like that's, that's your two options. It's either Joe Biden actually has cancer or the guy has no clue what he's saying because he's demented. Well, Neither they said option's he was good. They said but he was time slipping. COVID. 
No, they said he was time slipping, that he was just remembering and referring to a time when he did have skin cancer, but he's had it removed. And it's like, okay, well, in that moment, then in his mind, it was 2008. Yeah. Yes. A- and, AKA he has dementia. And, that's, and the, that's it, the other answer. He got it wiping the oil off the windshields <laughs> of his <Yeah>. car. <laughs> well, listen, and even if, if not, he does if have not for those oil slicks, his first wife would still be alive. God rest her soul. Yeah, Even if he does have cancer, like he's got way bigger things to deal with, like COVID. I mean, come on now. <laughs> it is worse than cancer. I've been told. Yeah. I, I, I was told he was going to cure cancer is what I was told. He said I he was, was going to cure COVID too, but he just <laughs> caught it instead. <laughs> I was I was told that this COVID might exacerbate get and give you cancer. Is that possible? You know, the weirdest part about this is if you guys read the CNN article after they started running the uh, the cover for Joe Biden, they actually said in the CNN article, it's okay. The White House prepared for this. We knew it was an eventuality that Joe Biden would get COVID. And I'm reading no, this just, going, they're, you they're mean the it, same guy that said, if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID, that it will stop transmission? Rachel Maddow went out there and said it'll end in each person who has COVID. If they get the shot, it will not spread. I think and it was an eventuality. They, they <laughs> Sorry, already laid plastic down. That's what they're referring to. They already have everything covered in plastic. That So they're saying it's already been prepared. We can wipe it all down already. It's Joe Biden. Well, it, it was funny because we were led into some information that we probably already, already knew or had inferred was that they have to check and make sure he eats his meals all the oh time. They're like, hey, he checked. He showed me his plate. And he ate everything on it. I was like, isn't that Jill's job to make sure that he eats everything off the plate? <laughs> this is the most embarrassing video I've ever seen uh, of them. Like the, everybody infantilizes this, this doddering old fool. But this has to be the worst one. I just got to play. The president this was a good boy. You know what? I don't think I turned my audio on. The president has been a good boy today. He's getting a good report card. <laughs> He let me uh, let me redo kids. this real quick. He was very kind. He shared all of his toys. <laughs> he shared his toys. He didn't sniff anybody today. He, he did, did push, push down a girl. <laughs> he slept well last night. Uh, he ate his breakfast and lunch. I fully. He actually showed me his plate. <laughs> didn't ask about the menu, but I did see an empty plate with crumbs, and yeah. I have some guesses about. Yeah. So this, this is he gonna? I, I wonder if he's gonna pull out his wallet next and have just a bunch of pictures of Joe Biden in diapers, just like roll out. Like, <laughs> or, oh, my son did so good today. He ate all his food. Did he, he make ate all his chicken dog nuggies. Did it? Say oh, what? Echo. Echo. Here's an echo. echo. Oh shoot. Yeah. It's yeah. I think PJ I think has PJ to, has to drop. Can okay, you hear me now? We yep. We're good. Sorry. PJ's no longer ever allowed to open the show ever again. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's not a podcast if you don't have technical issues almost the entire time. Like if you don't spend 10 hours fixing audio and video issues for each podcast episode you put out, then you're not a podcaster. Yeah. I think everybody's taking their turn down in the uh, uh, left-hand corner down there. Everybody's kind of rotating. <laughs> I think Susan Wojcicki found us and she's upset and she's totally screwing with us. <laughs> but she can only throttle us one person at a time. That's why. Uh... Yeah. It's like playing just... whack-a-mole. <laughs> She's picking us off like Rambo in a cave. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, you first blood. <laughs> so we have Kamala hanging into the wings with all of this that's kind of going on. And did you see the uh, video they released or the picture they released? It looked like he was like a 1980s hostage in Iran or something with the video quality that they showed. It was like some weird filter that they used. 
It looked like it was an old VHS tape. Yeah, even if you even if you're running a Zoom call with a twenty dollar Walmart webcam, I feel like you'd get better uh, uh, video quality than that video. He, he, he had like a tenth of a megapixel, and he looked like worse than Osama in the caves, which is what I I'd said of that on Twitter. I said I think he looks worse than Osama did in those videos from the caves. Yeah, well, I think right. we'll see about as much of Joe Biden as we did Osama when he was hiding in the caves. Which I, is to say there will be a body double. Hey. <laughs> hey. Isn't yeah, there's he, there's gotta be one already. Like yeah, here do, it is. do you guys does Go anybody ahead. think that presidents don't actually have body doubles? No, Hillary Clinton for sure does, and she's not a president and never will be. Right. <laughs> so here's a video. Dude, what is this? <laughs> That's like actually the, the first look at Disney's animatronic for the President's Hall. I think it's the Hall of Presidents. That's what yeah, the Hall of put Presidents. in for Biden. I, I, I was seriously waiting for like a uh, uh, like a ISIS member to come up and, and hand him a script to read. <laughs> I'll tell you this. His hairline looks odd and it's super soft. Like, I, I wonder, I'm not the video editing guy, but I wonder like how many different filters and layers this has been through before c-span gets it because you're right like everything's fuzzy there's no hard definition on any of the lines um and they they've been prepping us for deep fakes for a while i'd be curious to know if biden died because of national security when would they announce it would they first right. have to secure kamala and then make sure that she's sworn in and then do all this do all the and then like after a weekend or something tell people like i genuinely would like to know what their plan would be they would do the, like a news dump on like a Friday. And so nobody would like be paying attention. <laughs> yeah. No, they that, all celebrate. That literally does not look like a human being. That looks like a Joe Biden suit that you like put on to pretend to be Joe Biden. It does. Yeah, it does not look like him. That's hey, what I'm saying. Play. If anyone here thinks that there's doubles, you can follow my channel. We talk about that stuff. Yeah. Here he, here's what he had to say. Uh, in a month, over, over a coming month, and that would be real savings. Looking forward, we expect gas prices to decline further. However, as you noted, they are still too high. Refiner margins remain roughly double what is typical for this time of year, though they have declined from their record high. Like, I know Joe Biden has a five head, but that looks like a six or a seven head right now. Yeah, and there's some distortion and there's some compression. You can tell that this is filming another screen. But even yeah. still, I mean, it's a slowed down video, maybe, or he's just really struggling. He's got a cough drop that he's trying to gas prices unwrap. If industry passes along cost savings to consumers, this would bring the national average retail price. He should be in a home with a, a rug wrapped around his legs. I mean, I'd put a rug around his whole body, but hey. <laughs> that that was bad. That was terrible. <laughs> well, Kamala's already prepping the rug to wrap him in in the next couple of weeks. At least give his legs a blanket. It, yeah, listen, yeah. he may the, be a dementia patient with cancer, but at least he doesn't send mean tweets. That's the important thing. That is the important thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it depends on the kids that he's droning. If he's like, our our mission was a success. And you're like, I don't know. There were nine kids murdered. Then like maybe yeah. those tweets aren't nice, even if they're kind. Well, no, polite. Drew means he literally just doesn't send tweets. Oh, like, no. Biden's no, nobody yeah, actually yeah, thinks that like, he's in charge of his Twitter account. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't think Joe Biden's ever tweeted a thing ever in his life i have no. an idea Cur curb stomp says he should be in jail with his son i think we combine a couple stories here why don't we put hunter hold on a second in a, I, it put hunter in a cell with joe and then we'll just not feed them and you know nature will take its course hunter will of course have to feast on his father i think we the throw meme, a pool the beam has pool, come pool. to life 
Yeah. We throw a pool stick in and uh, tell them there's tryouts. <laughs> <laughs> there's to be. It's come to life. <laughs> Kamala Harris with Biden with the rug on his uh, thing off the cliff. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. If Biden, because somebody asked, you don't think Biden actually uh, writes his own tweets? If Biden wrote his own tweets, Kofefe would be mild in comparison to uh, tr- trying to spell true international of a depression. I'm just saying. He doesn't know what the tweets would mean if he read them aloud and then you asked him to explain it. He wouldn't know what he had just said, let alone how to explain those things. So, of course, he's not tweeting it. Right. Yeah, I got to say, whoever is actually in charge of his Twitter account is incredibly stupid, though. So it's it sells it a little bit. I think it's just Corinne Jean-Pierre, isn't it? it she tweets like it. They all tweet I don't know. I like think it's, it's just her. I think it's that tranny with the long nails. The who the, with the what? The TikToker. <laughs> the TikToker, yeah. Oh, the cute the cue ball? That no, 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 no. Not, not, the, not the puppy rape apologist. The oh. uh no, he didn't apologize. No, sorry, sorry. The puppy rape and child trafficking apologist, Sam Brinton. Go. Well um, but but the uh, what the TikToker, what why can't I think of the guy who wears like the two face right? suit? He's the he's one that's like, like way and, over the top dramatic. Yeah, he did that video with Jen Saki and it was uh Which honestly, okay, just objective point here. The video, if you don't want to look at it as being political, like the video was well done. It was at least well done if you were just looking at it objectively you're like okay someone edited this well they at least know how to be funny with each other i don't like either of them i think it's all weird and gay but jen Saki at least knew how to sell playing herself as a character character yeah. i think she did well, a decent like a, job compared to her replacement well that's the uh that's the smart part about it because you know there are a bunch of you know older people like i don't really get it but uh, they do videos like that because it appeals to young people and kids who are like 12 and that's why you have a very effeminate guy with long nails talking to Jen Saki about makeup and shit. Uh, that and like 50 year old women who watch sex in the city and want to feel young and hip and cool. They know that kids like that. So they'll cling on to it too. We all have that aunt. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but they are, they, they are good. It's weird. Cause they got so, uh, you know, mad. They, they called Trump a reality star president, but the first reality star president was Obama. I mean, before TikTok, Obama was doing these short little weird videos of him and Joe, and like they've always Friendship been good at this type bracelets. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, best friends forever. I gotta say, they and even as much as I didn't like either one of them, they had some that were actually decently funny. There was the one I think where he the it was the oh thanks Obama meme, right? It was just like everything that went wrong, you know, every little thing like a Joe Biden couldn't dunk a cookie because it was too big for the glass. He's like, oh, thanks Obama, you know, like stuff like that. Like it was funny. Like they, they actually have a good team built around them to appeal to the younger audience. But well, they got the whole, you know, entertainment industry behind, right. you know, one wing of uh, politics. So, you know, I would hope they were able to produce something that would be funny or, or well done or well scripted or well cut together. Well, funny is a thing of the past though, because what Tom was talking about is it was well produced and they were, but you can't be like the left can't be funny anymore because they don't live in reality and, and jokes require reality. So I don't yeah, think, I just thought it was very funny like, is the thing they're going to do anymore, but you know, you've, you've seen the show like 30 Rock, like it's supposed to be a caricature and everything is over the top dram- like dramatization of what it really would be. And so that's I that was how they shot it, I felt, because mm-hmm. obvi- it was obtuse and over the top and silly. Um, and that is appealing, like just to be silly is appealing to laugh and have fun. I was thinking about this the other day and you guys can tell me what you think. The phrase of it's not about winning or losing if you're having fun. Right. Or if it's about having fun, I don't necessarily believe that in all situations, but politically, 
if people who are undecided are looking at two sides and they genuinely don't know which one they would rather be a part of and listening to either side make some good points, they could see themselves either way. You'd rather go with the side that's having a fun time and making jokes and laughing. And, and it seems like a party versus the one that seems like homework. And the left right now is issuing homework. So we need to be the fun, you know, party side, even if that means having some fun and, you know, making light of situations that would otherwise be more serious. Well, back in 2004, uh, there was a survey that was uh, held, you know, who would you rather have a beer with George W. Bush or John Kerry? And people would much rather have a beer with John or John George W. Bush than they would John Kerry. And he was seen to be a little bit more popular with the, with the, uh, you know, everyday American in, in the country versus John Kerry, who, you know, obviously is an elitist, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, cock, just like George W. Bush is, but he just seemed to be a little bit more relatable. Well, George Bush just had that, you know, Texas accent and that kind of like, yeah, I make some gaffes, but I'm a human being where John Kerry is just a robot. So well, yeah. George Bush had two DUIs. So when the question is, well, who would you rather have a beer with? It was almost a fill in the blank and it was already done for you. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, someone in chat said, um, in what universe is this stuff cool? I'm not even saying it's cool. I'm saying that the younger uh, generation, the Gen Z, are going to look at stuff like they, they're on TikTok all the time. They see all of the trendy trannies, right? Like that is what TikTok is. It's just a, a platform of trendy trannies. So they're they're playing into that younger base, whether it's good or not. It's not good entertainment. It's not interesting to someone, someone who hasn't been steeped in that culture, but that's what they're steeped in, right? So yeah, it, yeah it's sad to see it. Timothy, say, but that is what it is. Yeah. Why that just you, is what it is. Why do you think they're so successful at doing that? At, who, who's successful? The young, younger people through social media. Because they try. Algorithm. Because yeah. they try? Yeah, they try. Like, uh, I don't think there's really any conservative movements to do that. I mean, conservatives skew older. I mean, that's just part of experience. Uh, but yeah, I think Democrats, I think that they know, hey, the younger people are more likely to vote for us. Let's get them on our side. I, I, I would I would disagree good. a little bit, though, because I feel like as far as con, uh, political commentating and stuff like that goes, right, you've got people like Steven Crowder, you've got people like Elijah Schaefer who are fun, who are, you know, do actual comedy type stuff. You've got uh, Dave Landau. You've got a lot of actual comedians. And on the left, I, I don't know if you've listened to any left left wing commentating podcasts. They are boring as hell. They're all NPR. So but like when you're talking about TikTok, it's a totally different story because you're right. There, there are more of the, the fun, young type stuff there. But I think it also just has to do with the fact that it's a China run company that wants to destroy America. Like if you want to really dive, you know, deep dive into what's going on on TikTok and they've just convinced people that being around these trannies makes you a good person, makes you a accepting and nice and fun, even if they're not funny, even if it's just like kind of cringe. Like that is that is what makes you nice and cool and acceptable in, in these circles. And that's what's pushed on them every single day. Yeah, I would answer that it doesn't it's not that the the children are more willing to look at the left than the right. I think it's that what with social institutions being dominated by the left since the 60s, that has created generations of kids who are more liberal until they see real world experience and become more awake to the fact that, hey, this really isn't real world. And then they become more conservative, like someone kind of realizing they're in a cave and walking out. But I don't think that that's the set setting or the default. Like, I don't think that kids are born or just inherently going to be more liberal. I think that when you see, you know, liberal parents raising kids, those kids sometimes turn out to be conservative before they're ever 18 because they see yeah. their parents do doing weird wonky shit. Not all the time, but it can happen. And I just think that if you 
instead approach it from the perspective of what are the kids being shown? What are the algorithms putting in front of the kids? And what are the kids being rewarded for? In China, their algorithm shows the kids doing in, in, in really intelligent engineering problems, math problems, um, doing scaling work, building things. Because the algorithm wants those Chinese kids to do really well. That's not a racist. It's, a, it's a 100% an example of what they do on their social media for their kids. It's all educational. And ours, like you said, China wants us to be stupid and dance in no clothing. So they're literally making the girls do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I think it's also just if we're talking about why kids grew up to be liberal. Yeah, I don't think it's the natural thing. But uh, they're raised for 13 years by the public school system. And they're going to have teachers who push all of this stuff on them. And now you have critical race theory. You have all of this transgender stuff. You have, uh, you know, books about graphic sex acts in elementary schools. And so, yeah, I don't think it's any wonder why they come out uh, believing in all this nonsense. And they go to university and they get even more stuff pushed on them, on them by Marxist professors. Well, yeah, it's you're right. They're being indoctrinated from a very young age uh, by Hollywood, by the schools especially. And then you've got stuff like TikTok, which Tom is entirely right. It's Chinese owned. They're pushing it. They're pushing it. They're pushing bad takes on the left and the right, though. I think that's something people don't realize is if you look at TikTok today, because I used to do a lot of TikTok stuff. I actually was uh, grew on there pretty fast for a while until for the last year and a half. I've not been able to get five people to be able to even see stuff. People can look me up on TikTok. I will not come up if you if you type in my exact handle. So they're they're allowing the worst people on the right and the worst people on the left to stay on that platform because it totally dumbs down our nation. It's it's a uh, mind warfare from China. And the fact that Trump wanted to get rid of TikTok and people were mad at him for it, he was right on that entirely. At least to regulate it to the point where it couldn't be what it is, which is just a a tool to make American children stupider. But the one hopeful thing I will say is that we are seeing this trend of younger Gen Z becoming conservative much earlier in life. It's like the the old uh, adage is that you know when you you're young you should be liberal because you you know it shows you have a heart, and then when you're older you should be conservative because it shows you have a brain. But that's not true anymore because look who's punching back. Look who's actually making the good content. You know, get out get outside of TikTok if you look at who's making the actual you know. Uh, meme culture of America today. The only good meme culture is on the right or, or even in libertarian circles, but it's definitely not on the left. Yeah. yeah it's funny. You almost never see a meme coming from a, a subreddit. No, not a good one. You see a lot of terrible. Memes. There's a whole, there's a whole uh, Twitter profile about this called the left camp meme and their memes are terrible. Well, no. Yeah. Like you look at it 20 years ago, I think it was different. Like I'm a big fan of Opie and Anthony. I don't know if you guys know Opie and Anthony, but yeah. they were uh, kind of like a shock jock show and they got taken off. And back then they were, you know, people on the right wing didn't like them because, you know, they talked bad about Jesus and stuff. Uh, now it's completely the opposite to where, yeah, you look at all of these comedians, Dave Chappelle, he's not a right winger. The left absolutely hates him. Ricky Gervais. He's definitely not a right winger. The left absolutely hates him just because they have the wrong views on identity politics. And you are going to see this cultural shift to where, uh, you know, people like me, I think of gamers and uh, Gamergate, you know, most of these gamers are like Bernie bros, but now they're all labeled right wing. And uh, you are going to see this shift. Someone mentioned it earlier in the show to where the pendulum swings the other way. Oh, someone mentioned it. Yeah. Don't name any names. <laughs> out here. Someone, I don't want to name any names. Yeah, I don't give someone any... mentioned. All right, whatever. <laughs> no, I think you're entirely right on that. Um, 
There's definitely there's definitely a swing back. I mean, being punk rock today is being uh, a family of five, you know, like having kids and raising a normal family in your 20s. Like that's punk rock today, you know, and these kids are pushing back against their insane leftist parents and their insane leftist indoctrinating teachers. And that necessarily is going to lead them to becoming more right wing or conservative, you know, not even conservative, but just anti left wing, anti uh, establishment, which is which is the left wing. Yeah, they're they're uh, a lot decentralization early. focused. They're anti establishment. They're anti big government and they're anti authority in the sense that if someone wants to tell you what to do for the sake of getting to control the outcome, like if if you're telling me to do something because it's going to have a, a good benefit and you don't really care if I do it, it's just it's good advice then I'll take yeah. it seriously. If it's you just telling me to do something because you want me to do it, whether it even affects you or not, then I'm almost more, you know, obstinate not to do that thing. And I think that's really what we're seeing in that divide of, of people realizing I don't want to be told what to do because even though I might agree with it today, eventually it's going to be something I don't agree with. And that's kind of where you're seeing this maybe coalescence of 20 years ago, you had some on the left and some on the right who now are in one camp. And then you have that centralization group, the establishment group in the middle kind of weird coagulating to you know center around the state well look at right-wing christian culture in the 1990s right it was cringe it was super cringe because the message came before the art and i actually broke this down in wartime propaganda this week that if you're looking at modern day movies and modern day music i mean listen to pink's new song it sounds like a 1990s christian rock station you know Dude, like song what are you doing it's you're terrible. breaking the rules you're not allowed to listen to pink's music because you <laughs> are not pro-abortion that's she right. I'm not you. allowed to. <laughs> she told uh, you. But I'm a I'm a rule breaker. You know, I'm I'm a rebel, Dottie. But right. yeah, no, I mean, seriously, <laughs> seriously, you look at movies and all the left wing movies are putting the message before the art and you're starting to see all of the right wing uh, stuff become a lot funnier because there there's people out there who want to make entertainment and have a certain value set. And they realize that that's the order you need to make good entertainment is you need to be like, look, this is. The entertainment comes first, and it's necessarily going to be influenced by my values because that's who I am. And the left has completely lost it where everything's become propaganda. And it's just, this is the message, and then here's some crummy pop music to, to go along with it. Here's the message, and here's some uh, crummy TikTok dance to go along with it. And it's all cringe, and it's all terrible. And they're, that's why nobody wants to go to the movies anymore. The, the only movie that did good this year was Top Gun. Yeah. Because it was, pro, it was basically just pro-America entertainment first. That's all it was. And that's all people wanted. They just, they're so sick of, hey, let's make a movie about a, a toy that was in a, another movie. And, you know, like we'll just make this reductive nonsense and then add a lesbian kiss into it and promote that instead of the, and, you know, get rid of Tim Allen, which is why people like Buzz Lightyear in the first place. Like, let's do that and let's sell our message instead of actually making an entertaining children's film. Nobody went and saw it. Everyone, everybody went to see Top Gun. Or I didn't even go to see that. <laughs> I didn't either, but it did well. Yeah, so you know, people don't want that type of uh, entertainment uh, any longer, um, and there's and they're seeking something that has you know something that uh, of of value that reinforces some of those traditional things that we've gotten away from. Mm -hmm. I just want to uh, say really quick uh, to people in chat because um, like we were going to promote this more and keep forgetting. Uh, if you guys want to send in any super chats during the show, we will we'll take the last five or ten minutes of the show and answer every uh, super chat. So just want to put that out there for you guys uh, watching. And uh, please don't forget to you know like, subscribe, do all that good stuff, share it because uh, I'm having a lot of fun with the show. I hope you guys are too. And I've noticed uh, you know more and more people coming over and checking out the Last American Pubcast. So thank you guys who have shared it this week and. Uh, Appreciate you guys a lot. So, 
Yeah. Additionally, while we're throwing things in there, don't mind if you share the link. Now we've got another hour of show left. So still, uh, if you, if you want to consider sharing the link on a social media post, say, Hey, this is what I'm doing tonight. Check this out. That would help us uh, get some new eyes. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. Please continue to do that. It's uh, fantastic. You can share it uh, over on Facebook, on Twitter, over on your favorite social media. Maybe it's Telegram or Gab or anything like that. Just get it out there and, and get some more eyeballs on it because uh, we are having a ton of fun with this uh, show and we hope to continue to uh, to bring you guys guests. We have a couple that are lined up for next week already and we're excited to to uh we'll maybe start announcing that on our on the community page for the channel so that way you guys get a little bit of a sneak peek of who will be coming up next on our on our uh podcast here and i have this article pulled up here guys talking about pennsylvania it's a huge win for pennsylvania i think even the voters prohibits the zuck bucks ahead of the 2022 midterms and i would like to also point out that the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center has determined that Zuckbucks is anti-Semitic, by the way, as well. Wait, the term? Like you can't <laughs> the say term the term Zuck, Zuckbucks? Yes, yeah. yeah, Zuckbuck is anti-Semitic apparently oh now. because God. I got to call it, my lawyer. <laughs> it makes reference to that's how you see those greedy Jews, as they would say. On oh, my God. Yeah. Zuckbucks is Jew money, apparently. Yeah. I, apparently, I had Jeez, no idea. You guys, I didn't know you were so anti-Semitic. <laughs> I mean, they did kill the Lord and Savior, so. <laughs> <laughs> so here we have uh, Pennsylvania prohibits Zuck Bucks ahead of the 2022 midterms. Pennsylvania has banned public officials from receiving and using private election grants, including those from nonprofits, in a bid to boost election integrity by reducing out, uh, outside influence. It's so funny to me that we spent all of 2016 through 2020 talking about how social media uh, is how Donald Trump stole the election, right? Like that was the idea is that social media, because there was some, uh, there was like $20,000 worth of fake Facebook ads that were for Hillary and for Trump pretty, pretty equally, uh, that that literally stole an election, but them, uh, taking the president of the United States off of Twitter, them kicking every right, right wing media personality off of Twitter and then allowing Mark Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook to pour money into the election had nothing to do with election integrity at all. Nothing at all. Looking nothing back on all. all of this, historically, this is going to look like a moonshot. Like we're going to see all of their different little things that they teed up in order to make this happen. So this was, you know, looking back on it, I know it's easy to say hindsight is 2020, but looking at the mail-in ballot laws that were changed in the states that they were changed in for the reasons that they were changed and now seeing the result and seeing how it is hard to undo it once the ballot goes in the box. Ooh, no signature. Ooh, sorry. Seeing all of that and knowing you can't do it again in these different states, it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward. It's like, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. You're going to not just see Gitmo, but you're going to probably see nothing very soon. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. So it looks like some states are taking action. It's uh, in the article it goes on to say there's 20 other states that have also banned Zuck Bucks uh, from their state elections, which is a good thing. I think it should be all 50 states, uh, but there are certain states that aren't going to do that. And we continue to go down this road of allowing, you know, corporations to kind of influence, you know, um, elections and things like that. How do we prevent that in the future? Is there a something that we want Congress to do or do we want to keep Congress out of it? Because it seems like every time they get involved with one of these things, it just makes it worse. Yeah, that's been the thing since, 
you know, the beginning, they've always had control in elections. Like there's this idea of regulatory capture, which has been a thing for a hundred years that, you know, you have these regulatory uh, industries designed to regulate certain industries. And those always end up controlled by the people they're supposed to be regulating. Uh, if there is a problem where the government's too powerful and so corporations are incentivized to try to take a hand in it, I think the obvious solution is make the government less powerful to where they don't have that effect. So you're saying we should cripple the government? Yes, precisely. <laughs> you sound like one of and those uh, this, soccer Drew? mom terrorists now. <laughs> and how would you go about that? Well, that's the, just that's just the thing. Um, and this is how, again, this is how you know um, that you're over the target because they call you a domestic terrorist if you mention these things. If you push back on the pedophilia in schools, if you push back on the grooming, if you push back on the trans kids in the in the locker rooms or the bathrooms. If you're a parent and you say, I don't want to have the porn in the school, you get called a domestic terrorist. So just apply that here. I think it makes just as much sense. Yeah, they can call you a domestic terrorist, but you can't call them a groomer. That's too far. And you can't call them out for the crimes they've committed, but they will call you a criminal. Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, the state that we're just now talking about banning Zuckbucks in the future. He has he's been on the record saying, if I'm elected we're undoing all of these laws. We're going to get rid of every single one of these. I did a video talking about Act 77. Um, I think it was Act 77 in Pennsylvania that allows for all the mail-in ballots to be universal, no reason, no excuse, mail-in if you want, no signature. And so he said, if we can win, we're undoing this. And so kind of going back to a few points that PJ had made, um, you know, kind of going mutually assured destruction or at least tit for tat. Mm -hmm. If the Democrats are going to steal elections once, once we get back in, in office with Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, they should be making damn sure that there is never a, an election in Pennsylvania in the Keystone State in that Commonwealth ever stolen again. And if that means you go digital, blockchain, if that's paper and ink and thumbprints, that's what it needs to be. But that's what he's committed to. So that's who I'd be backing. Yeah, absolutely. That's the problem that everybody's having right now, though, is that we're looking at all of the... Uh, as Time Magazine called it, uh, fortifying the elections of 2020. And there just ha doesn't seem to have been quite enough. Like 20 states are trying to ban Zuckbucks. That's a good start. There's uh, places like Wisconsin that are trying, and we could get to that story next, I guess, uh, to ban things like the drop boxes. But uh, there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been changed. And I heard I heard there was a pushback on that from like the one of the um, commission councils or whatever that say they're not going to obey the Supreme Court ruling in Wisconsin. Right, and it's okay if the left doesn't obey Supreme Court rulings, but yeah. Well, it's not gonna be, and we we ought to. I mean, I know you're saying that being sarcastic. But I am being sarcastic. Yeah. We we ought to be a little bit more adamant, not you, but like as a group, uh, the conservatives or just America First or people who are not insane on the left right. shouldn't just say, "Oh, well, they're the left; they get away with it," because that's what all of this is about. They want you to be trained into that position. They want you to feel like you're always stuck. They can always do whatever you want. Uh, they can always get away with it. And if we constantly say, oh, Hillary Clinton will never go to prison, then you're right. She won't. Right. Well, you're, you, well you, what you said right there was was true, too. You said you started to say conservative. Then you said other people like America first and stuff like that. This is a yeah, position that's exclusive. not a conservative. Well, no, I'm just saying like election integrity in this way is not a conservative position. It's actually a, a majority position, I think, because all of the crazy stuff you're hearing like uh, um, we could never uh, require IDs because that's racist. Black people couldn't get IDs. Do you honestly like nobody honestly thinks that the majority of Americans believe that nonsense. It's a hardcore left position. So all these things, the drop boxes, the we don't need signatures. We can let illegals vote. We shouldn't require IDs. 
it's not popular among anybody. And that's why we have to start, you know, more loudly, you know, making a case for, you know, if you didn't like 2020, you have to actually go out and make sure that these things are not in place in 2022 and in 2024. And this is another thing I've said before, like they wouldn't need 2000 mules. They wouldn't need drop boxes. They wouldn't need to bus in millions of illegal aliens if they could flip a switch. So my point is we can still win elections. We just have to go out there in massive numbers. You can't sit at home. If you want to get people like Doug Mastriano in and actually change his election integrity laws, you have to go out and overwhelming force this, this, uh, these midterms and in 2024 as well. And this is also why, you know, uh, I, I harp on it a lot on this channel, on my main channel, is talking about local elections matter. Local elections matter because that's where a lot of the real work is done. And, to, right. you know, are you vetting your supervisor elections? Are you vetting your city councils? Are you vetting your sheriff? Are you vetting these people that go up at elections in your local elections? Because it's so true. These people control so much of your aspects of your everyday life. And how the things uh, operate. I know we like to look at the federal stuff because it's sexy looking, but the the real work is done at local levels. Well, that's how you change the election integrity laws too. It's it's at the local levels, and local elections are much more winnable because most people don't pay attention. That's why we, as people who are uh, conservative people watching this channel, people who are interested in politics, um, you you got to pay attention to the local uh, stuff because other people won't. And that's that's how we're going to change starting here and then get those changes that are going to go up, you know, from the, from the people up. Yeah. And also just added a caveat to that. It's not hard for anyone no. that hears this in the future or is hearing this now and has never been politically involved. We're not asking you to do a lot, simply being aware, simply knowing who the people are running in the area at asking what they stand for, looking at their websites, looking at the people that support them and kind of asking why seeing all of that and just being aware helps you not support the person who could otherwise be AstroTurf. They want to replace the grassroots movements of the U.S. with fake AstroTurf candidates. You don't want to fall into that on the left, right, or the center. And you can mark my words, there's going to be more people in 2024 than ever running as good conservatives who absolutely will not be. And you saw some of those messages come out from a, a lefty strategist on the East Coast, I think it was. Yeah, she had uh, emails Crystal coming Matthews. out saying, Crystal Meth, I'm sorry? That is her name. Yes, it's Crystal Matthews. Yeah, Crystal Math. <laughs> so she had said, we, you know, we really ought to have more plants. We need to get more plants in the GOP, which means there are some. And we know who some of them are because they've kind of sure. made themselves known. But, you know, we have to be just aware, just as wary about that as we should be about the the enemy. Because, you know, the, the, the first thing that's going to cripple us is the weak guy on our team. 100%. I mean, yeah, 2020 definitely exposed a lot of these people. They had to come out and either say that uh, everything was fine. You didn't see them pulling ballots out from underneath the tables in Georgia. You didn't see them boarding up the windows in Detroit. You didn't see 138,000 vote flips at 4 a.m. after they said they were done counting. You didn't see any of that. And when you saw the Republicans saying that, you knew who they were. They exposed themselves. And then the January 6th committee stuff, they exposed themselves even more. Uh, if I if Liz Cheney gets reelected, uh, then that's a sad day for America. I, I don't see that happening with her. She's currently down like 30 points in polling. Um, and every poll Good. you look in Wyoming, where she's so desperate, she's looking at, uh, she's reaching out to Democrats and asking them to change their party affiliation to vote in a Republican primary. Yeah. And Wyoming already doesn't have a whole lot of Democrats to begin with anyway. So that's how much she's struggling. Even a that's a page that Susan Murkowski uh, has taken out of the playbook and is now looking for Democrats to help her win her uh, primary bid out in Alaska. Frank, I'm proud of you on that one. 
You're welcome. Yeah, no problem. I'm sure many of you that watch it will say, Frank did a good job pronouncing that name. They just all gave a fist pump on <laughs> the couch. They even spilled some popcorn. They were that excited. They spilled their drink. Families across this country. Notorious Look, the truth is, just, just, vote, just vote for people with names I can pronounce because I'm so sick of yeah. getting on here and having a story. And I'm like, I have no freaking clue. I'm the worst at pronouncing yeah. uh, hard names. I, so. I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I'm way worse than you are. If you I, don't know, you know, if you don't know who to vote for, go for the person with a pronounceable name. So at least I don't have to read something totally insane. Peter Meyer is the easiest name, right? It should be easy if you know Meyer, but it, it spells Mayor? oddly, right? Because it's M-I-M-E-I-J-E-R. And so even Trump said uh, when he was trying to get him elected, the little bastard uh, who ended up voting for impeachment. He, he goes, Peter Meiser, Meyer, Meyer. That's a hard name to pronounce. So if Trump can't get it and he calls him Meiser or Meyer or whatever it is, Meiser, Meyer, Meiser. He would do great in Michigan, but anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyways, P.S. Um, get rid of Peter Meyer for anyone listening. Yeah. By voting for John Gibbs. Just yeah. make sure that's clear. And, and speaking of uh, getting rid of, uh, you don't want to do what the New York people are doing, where they're sending their, their foot soldiers to take out governor candidates uh, from uh, from actually being able to run by charging the stage and trying to stab them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know who saw this story about uh, Lee Zeppelin. I kept reading it as Led Zeppelin. Again, nope, weird names, Zeldin. people. Lee Zeldin, Lee see, Zeldin. I screwed it up again. This is why you, yeah. vote for, I guess, you know, I'm not saying not to vote for him because of his weird name, but yeah. I heard the guy that wrote Freebird almost got stabbed today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so weird. So this story, Lee Zeldin's would-be assassin was arrested and released without bail. Um, obviously, this happens in New York. So, uh, you know, Kathy Hochul and the whole soft on crime thing that wants to lock up Bogada. Uh, people, the Bogota owners defending themselves, but not real criminals. Uh, it's crazy. This, I mean, it just goes to show, like, again, the political violence, the will to actually do something about your political enemies is all on the left. And I'm not saying that we should copy certain things like the violence stuff, but it's going to continue to escalate until we start to and, actually and they tried, push they back tried a little to, bit. They tried to downplay saying that was a, like a little plastic uh, thing, but it was an actual metal uh, keychain or whatever is an actual type of uh, weapon that you would use, and they it looks to work. me like one of those knuckle things with the points on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Well, forget forget that whether it's plastic, whether it could have done it, whether it you know he could get it, he could nick a vein yeah. with anything, right? And and you know you're good to go. Dead. I mean, so it's it's assault even if it's it. with a plastic spoon. It's still assault. So, so we had a justice of uh, the Supreme Court uh, almost get assassinated. And now we there almost go. had a governor make this uh, candidate almost assassinated. And the left, or obviously the media, which is the left in, in most cases, completely ignores the entire story. I guarantee you the majority of Americans who tune in tune into their nightly newscast on ABC, NBC, CBS has no idea this even took place. We heard more you about the video a fake... of this. Sorry, go ahead. Did you slow it down? Did you watch this video? Like, Have you seen it through a few times? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've only seen it once. This through. dude... So he's, you can tell by his cap, he's a veteran. This guy, he hesitates. He gets on the stage and he hesitates. Like he, he has time to go after. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to critique the guy and give him pointers, <laughs> but he, 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 he hesitates. And if you watch the crime TV shows, they say the first, the first attack from a, a killer who is a series of, you know, serial killer, I guess you'd call him or a spree killer. The first one, maybe they hesitate on. And then the next one, they can see that there's more and more of a, um, a know-how. So I think with the pattern, like you said, 
uh, Frank, with Kavanaugh being attacked, the guy kind of coming to his senses going, I, I just was, you know, having these thoughts. I, I texted my sister and said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm armed and I'm here. And she said, oh, my God, call the police. This isn't like you. And then now you got this guy kind of hesitant, not really committed fully to it. I think they're driving people to commit violence, but these people don't want to do that. They just want this insanity to be over. Well, that's the yeah. unfortunate thing. I think we're in a cold civil war in this country. And once blood is shed, it's going to become easier and easier for blood to be shed. Well, Hochland or Hochland or whatever her name is, released his uh, where he was going to be uh, that day and sent it out to her supporters. Right. You know, and I know that they already released, you know, he releases a, a schedule where he's going to be as well. But, you know, most of her supporters aren't looking for uh, Lee Zeldin's, you know, uh, terror what he's going to be. But Chief puts it out there and, and calls him a right wing extremist or a white supremacist or whatever uh, buzzword term they're using and gets them all fired up. And they think they're attacking Nazis on stage. Who who will rid me of this meddlesome priest? That's what it goes back to. If you guys are familiar with that. You know, it's it's not I'm not saying to attack this guy. I'm just saying he's a he's a terrible right wing extremist. And this is where he's going to be. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying what to do, but it, man, it wouldn't it be great if someone could rid me of this meddlesome priest. That's what that's what this is. Yeah, it's like those prayers I was saying about that George Floyd mural. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to that thing? <laughs> <laughs> the one that got struck by lightning? That one did it now. Hmm. <laughs> prayers and answered. So and so would that be a federal charge, though, with him attacking a sitting U.S. congressman or no? Shouldn't because it be? He's, the out, FBI, he's, he's no. out on bail. Well, the state let him go and the FBI came and scooped him. Oh, did they end up scooping him up already? That's the update, right? The FBI okay. has already come out. So he was released by the state and the FBI was like, Haha, no, you don't. And you want to know what? I said it as a joke, but now I'm not thinking it's that funny. Maybe they're going, why didn't he use the gun we bought him? We got him a gun. <laughs> He we told him what to do and then he hesitated, and that's why I think he was kind of like he didn't go for whatever he was supposed to have on him. He just grabs this little keychain thing. That doesn't make any sense. It's because he, he saw a 22 year old, he saw a 22 year old Hoosier 40 meters away. That's what happened. You know, the view was upset that that dude stopped the uh the shooter in the mall. That's what I'm that, that's my point, right? Like this guy in the mall, he's 40 meters, 40 yards away, and he shoots the guy with eight out of 10 shots at 40 yards with a Glock pistol. Uh, yeah, and then you see the left's response has been insane. They're all mad about this. So the FBI, the FBI <laughs> I, I, lost I, one of their best. I saw the meme, you know, when the FBI, you know, uh, face when their uh, guy they groomed for two years to go on a shooting spree ended by somebody who has constitutional caring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like the FBI Expendables edition, and it's all just the shooters from the last eighteen months. <laughs> The best part of the uh, entire story, Cruz though, is that around, it, just yeah. <laughs> seeing ghosts in the negotiation room. The greatest part of that story is that it happened in a gun-free zone, and that's what I love more than anything about that story. There, there was a meme that had the Vince McMahon meme. You know, I shared that the other Did day. Did you yeah. share it? Here, I'm gonna, I'll see if I can pull it up. Yeah, real pull quick it up because it was a, a spot-on meme. Drew, are you muted, buddy? I feel like you haven't said something in a while. I'm not muted. I'm just enjoying the conversation like uh, everyone in the chat. <laughs> You can jump in make sure you're included and feel welcome. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes we got some big voices on here that want to. Uh, yeah, there it is. So here's the meme. It's Vince McMahon. It says, when you hear a 22 year old eliminated an active shooter uh, by firing 10 shots and striking the bad guy eight times while carrying a firearm under the new Indiana constitutional carry law in a gun free zone. <laughs> <laughs> Best meme. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, uh, this is awesome. <laughs> Drew, what's your thoughts on constitutional carry? Uh, yeah, I think constitutional carry should be a thing in every single state. I think fully I think, automatic weapons should be legal. Everything should be. Yes, hundred percent. It's in the. It should be a given because it's in the name, constitutional. <laughs> yeah, you know that Second Amendment literally says "shall not be infringed," but I guess you know that wasn't clear enough. It's well, weird not, to me though. Sorry, go ahead. They're not infringing on it. They're restricting it. They're tying it down. They're watering it down and diluting it. But they're they're not infringing on it per se. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah you think shall not be infringed? Then that's the only uh, con you know, Bill of Rights con amendment that has that wording in it. You think that would be strong enough for people to go? Yeah. Maybe um, paying a license to have a constitutional right doesn't make sense. And yet I still hear people on the right going, "Well, you know, I mean, we should have to have." Uh, you know, classes and licensing and things like that. And it's like, shall not be infringed is pretty clear, I think. Yeah, I'm fortunate to live in Missouri and we, uh, constitutional, constitutional carry state, uh, nullifying all federal gun laws. We're pretty based when it comes to guns here. Nice. Yeah, my, it drives me up the wall when I hear, you know, the, the your side that's supposed to be protecting your gun rights and, and our constitutional rights saying call the weapons sporting rifles and to go hunting and sport. No, they're used for, uh, to uh, to build a firewall against a uh, overreaching government to make sure that people are prepared or, and are able to um, to uh, protect the Constitution if our government fails the Constitution in itself. So it 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 just drives me insane when they tell when they skip up on Congress. I, they did it just recently, talk debating this new gun bill yeah, where they want to outlaw certain aspects of guns or guns themselves. It's annoying to me when conservatives are so weak they think they can appease the left and be like, well, it's not a it's not a weapon of war. It's not an, an AR-15 is not the same as them four. And it's like, come on, like even if it, okay, on one sense you're kind of technically right. On the other hand, you're full of shit. Like, <laughs> can we just admit that an AR-15 is the exact same thing as an M4 minus the fact that an M4, depending on what you're in, you're in the military, either has burst fire or fully automatic, and that people should be allowed to have those on their AR-15s. Like, can we just well, take we the just... actual legitimate hard stance on, on the Second Amendment and stop being like, oh, well, it's different because it's only semi-automatic, so please let us keep them. Please, please, daddy government. And it's so weak need and full of crap. I hate it. Yeah, we need to get back to the base argument every time someone pulls something like that up and yeah. just say the difference between the M4 or the AR-15 and anything else is irrelevant and right. frankly doesn't apply because we have a right constitutionally protected, granted by God, to defend ourselves and we can bear whatever arms we want. Right. That could be a rifle, a nuke. Uh, if we could afford a nuclear weapon, you should, in my opinion, be able to have a, a nuclear missile on a, on a submarine. If you're out there fishing next to Russia, <laughs> frankly, I think you should be able to. So it's kind of a silly example, but you want to go all the way to that extreme Fauci and his cronies were playing with bioweapons. That's a weapon of mass destruction of mass genocide. And they were bearing it. Now, you could say that they accidentally dropped it. If you had a couple incidents where a gun owner drops their, their uh, service weapon or they drop their concealed carry and it kills someone, one person, you'd have a lot of different conversations about the, the right to people to bear, you know, whatever. Because it's an accident. It's not like, oh, well, he was insane. He intended to kill people. An accident with a gun always gets attention. And here we have an accident that killed millions, they say. So I, I think everyone should be able to have a gun and or a weapon or whatever it is. I think I'm going on a rant here. I'll shut up. Here, I, I want to highlight this and let you guys to respond to this. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to put it up. Drew, here, here's this. Okay, yeah, they weren't good guys with guns. They were lazy cops. Not lazy cops, scared cops. I don't know what they were, but yeah, they weren't good guys with guns. Good guys with guns are citizens who voluntarily choose to carry because they want to protect themselves and others. The more I watch the Uvalde footage, the more I think that they were intentionally letting those kids be killed. I know nobody wants to say that, but were, man, were they, on the, it's, were they on the FBI payroll too? It just seems that. like it. I'm sorry. Who stands around? You've got how many guys, hundreds of guys with guns and ballistic shields, and they're, they're afraid to go after one kid with a rifle. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, it, I said it that doesn't that make sense. We were talking about how long it took and that the, the news update had been, oh no, the police were there and they waited for another 60 or so odd minutes before they took him out. And then you heard that night that it wasn't the police that took him out. It was another person who was an off-duty border patrol agent. Right. That all who wasn't me, on the okay, payroll. That's my someone point. got there and, and, and got the order stand down. No one does anything. You let this become an event before we do anything about it. I'm sorry, but that many red blooded Texans with guns. I don't care if they're cops or whatever. You're telling me all of them were afraid. You've, might, you've got a group of guys that, with guns and they're afraid of one kid with a gun. It doesn't make sense to me. If they're telling you that Texas is becoming blue in any way, maybe this is the pussification of Texas. You have the lowest of the low becoming the newest cops. All of those new cops in Uvalde take the Uvalde placement. Who knows how long they'd all been there? I don't know all their backgrounds. The yeah, one that... guy who did try to get in, it was his wife who died. He had kids in the school. He did try to get in. They took his service weapon and uh, I guess took him out of the, I don't know. There was something uh, like 16. Yeah, two, two months before the shooting, they had active shooter training for this exact scenario. And the, the ROE or whatever you want to call it, um, rules of engagement, I don't know what they call it in the police, but was... This is not a hostage situation when there is an active shooter in a school. This is a go in guns blazing situation because you're, you, you're not going to negotiate with this person. They're just going to keep killing kids because that is the point, right? That is the psychology behind these people. So they want to get as many kills as possible. So the the in the books, like it was, hey, this is we're not going to treat this like a hostage negotiation. You go in now. So the fact they didn't says a lot more to me than just cowardice. I don't know. We, Maybe yeah, I'm just too conspiratorial. They ran it by the book, but it was the FBI playbook, and so it's just a different right. book than we were expecting. Did, did we ever get down to the uh, to the bottom of how he was able to purchase all those guns with having no job or anything like that? All the yeah. equipment and everything they went along with it. They right. like, what, what did they say it was this time? I, I don't think they did. They never addressed it. Shocker. Well, at first they said he w worked at Wendy's and saved his money for a really long time, and then it turns out I don't think he even worked at Wendy's. I don't think he had a job at all. No, he just so, went yeah, by Wendy never. on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> he went by Wendy on the weekends. Yeah. 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 No, it's crazy. It's I, it's always politically advantageous too. Like, watch the amount of school shootings and public shootings that happen in election year, and when they want to push this stuff. It's just like the climate change stuff. Like right now, it's July, and we've got weather whiners out there telling us, "Oh my gosh, it's July. It's hot. I never expected it to be hot in July. Oh my gosh!" So you've got a million media stories pushing out. Oh, look how hot it is in Europe. This is absolutely climate change. And then you've got a CNN tech going out there and saying, yeah, we don't have a fear narrative in place. So we're going to go revert back to, to climate, uh, change. climate change. And it's That's the same thing with guns. They revert back to when it's convenient. And somehow when they want to revert back to the gun control scare, they have a bunch of shooters. And then as soon as a 22-year-old Hoosier shoots one, uh, and the gun narrative starts to fall apart. Guess what they went back to? Climate change. Well, they they use that circular uh, reasoning or argument that they like to use, where they where they'll point out climate change. We're like, well, the weather is actually. Oh, you can't use weather to uh, determine climate change. And then all of a sudden, you come up where it's a really hot day. They're like, oh, see climate change. That's why it's so hot outside. 
Yeah, because who would have ever expected to be hot in July? Yeah. It's insane. Um, What's this world coming to? Moreover, we know that there is technology that changes certain weather patterns, like controlling right. whether or not raindrops. Oh, um, the two thousand, yeah, the two thousand eight Beijing Olympics. The the Chinese government used weather tech, uh, you know, harp and DARPA technology to make sure it didn't rain, and that was over twelve years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if the government could either turn the temps up a couple degrees or turn the temps down a couple degrees based on whatever it is they wanted. Whether or not that's possible, you decide. But if that is a thing then you maybe make sense now why you're seeing these, you know, wild heat waves and these drastic temperatures here and there all across the world. And they're telling you that it's, you know, incomparable to any other year when it's not. And you and just you wonder how to lock down, Tom, you need to lock it's down. All, it's, 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 <laughs> the timing is interesting is all I'm just, you, I, I think that, you know, more along those lines than not. I made this prediction a year ago and I still think I could be right, but do you think we'll ever get to the point where they try or attempt uh, and I think they're testing the waters of it right now. A climate lockdown. Yes, I do. I, I'm serious. I, I said yes. as soon as the COVID lockdowns end, they are going to want to continue this strategy because it's part of uh, Klaus Schwab's great reset strategy. They said it. Trudeau said it. They've all talked about it. That's where build back better comes from. Why is it every world leader is using the phrase build back better? That's it gets a worse Klaus Schwab puppet, right? Their white papers suggest that. Well, they outright say it. That the human, like the human populations, and this is in Klaus Schwab's book. He says the Asian populations are um, have been. I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm the one saying this. Klaus Schwab says it in his book. He says that the Asian populations specifically have been uh, determined, have been like raised and bred over generations to be, you know, uh, subservient and obedient to the government. They accept. They accept big government. The rest of the West doesn't as much, and so the way to get us on board with constant lockdowns with government putting the you know the foot on the gas and the brake anytime they want red light green light we move we stop we get killed if we you know flinch that only works if we first think it's a live or die health decision for ourselves so they do this hey covid once okay maybe a monkeypox for those okay and they'll do that until we get used to this rhythm where we get complacent we say oh what's the next lockdown going to be and now we have right. these conversations where now when they do the climate lockdown we all go See, I told you we were right instead of standing up and, you know, doing what must be done. Yeah, well, we tried. Well, there are certain aspects of it. I know it happened in Michigan and some other states uh, where people were uh, trying to rise up and go against the lockdowns that were taking place back in March of 2020. Uh, and and what what happened? What was their fate? A lot of them got locked up. A lot of them got arrested. And they that arrested been, a, that, that a should barber have been a, in Michigan. That should have been a wake up call for the rest of America saying, hey. They're not allowed to do that and take to the streets like they did for the BLM marches, which conveniently they changed all the science about that and said, oh, no, that's OK. It's OK to address racism in these massive marches and and, and COVID won't spread because of that. But uh, don't you do that to uh, protest against lockdowns? Yeah, a woman named Marina in Holland, Michigan, owns a really small or owned a really small pizzeria and salad bar. It was like a you know nice little deli. Come in, grab something fresh for lunch not a chain at all. I think it was a 20 year place that she had done this since coming over from Eastern Europe, escaping communism. She comes over, she makes this nice business for herself and she has employees. She feeds some homeless in addition to the people in the community. She says, I'm not locking down and I'm not doing the mask thing and the whatever else you do, whatever you'd like, but I'm going to have my business as usual. They arrested her and they chained her building up. And the, the Lieutenant governor of Michigan made sure that the AG pressed as hard a charges as possible. And they tweeted back and forth about it. I mean, it's been sickening for over two years in this state. So we're fed up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we were talking about the two tier justice system. And I mean, that's part of it. You look at these cities like New York and they're enforcing, you know, gun laws and things against law abiding citizens so that they can't defend themselves while actual violent criminals, you know, what are they doing? They're just wandering around the streets, shooting each other, stabbing each other. Nothing happens. They get released back. Then they can go rush politicians and hesitate. Well, I want to correct you. It's not just stabbing each other. It's killing innocent people too. And that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be one thing if it was just a bunch of gangbangers and evil, no good doers, you know, killing each other. Then they're taking um, care of the problem. I, I would have a different, I would have a different, you know, moral issue with that, but it's an entirely different thing when they're releasing criminals to terrorize and wreak havoc on the population. And it's an unwitting and innocent populace who has already paid taxes to keep those people locked away. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a escape from New York situation is the, the answer here. Just lock down New York and just all the people that they let out, just let them back into New York and get all the innocent people out. You guys ever see that movie, by the way, escape from New York or escape from LA? That's that with yeah. Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. yeah. Kurt Russell. Got I love a whole those series of them. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and you know, it's, it's sad that we're, we're, we're talking about this, like, you know, uh, Tom said, you know, you get to that point where like, oh, see, we told you the next lockdown's coming or the next uh, whatever's coming. And, you know, what are we doing to put in place, you know, and that's, you know, we we mentioned, you know, maybe about 15, uh, 15, 20 minutes ago, talking about those local elections and making sure you have individuals who aren't going to bow down to those types of uh, uh, pressure or, or powers because they know the people that they're, they're watching over or, or representing are going to hold them accountable where they just go in and say, no, you, you ain't going to do this anymore. And I think we forget how much power we actually have as individuals in this country and what we're able to do versus what they have convinced us we can't do. Well, I think, I think Tom actually made this point a little bit earlier. We have, we have to stop satisfying ourselves with the, I told you so's. Because that's exactly what we're doing. We're going, hey, uh, this uh, monkeypox thing, as somebody was just saying in the chat, they're going to try to lock us down over that. And that, and it's stupid because it's literally only spreading from, uh, you know, <laughs> anal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's only spreading in bathhouses and uh, and gay orgies. But well, when they do it, trips at Boy right, Scouts, <laughs> Boy Scout camping trips. But when they do it, most conservatives and, and libertarians even are just going to be like, oh, I told you so. And they're going to satisfy themselves. They can get a bunch of likes on Twitter. Because they predict it and give them, yeah, give themselves a pat on the back and they'll bring up that tweet and, and frame it. Be like, look, on uh, this date, I said this and this is happening. and I told you so and I can feel good about myself. And we satisfy ourselves with that instead of realizing that we actually have power to wield and we don't wield it. Well, spe speaking of celebrating the you know predictions coming correct while standing in a gulag, uh, Drew, do you have any predictions for the next you know four to six years politically or otherwise? Do you see culturally or socially? Um, anything that you you know would put put a flag in, and we can come back to and see if you're right. I don't think Biden will be the Democratic nominee in 2024. I think that's all I got. I think they would be very dumb to run Joe Biden because anyone could beat Biden, whoever the Republicans want to run. Yep, they uh, have to get rid of him somehow, whether it's you know intentionally giving him COVID or whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure he's going to be around come midterms. I know that sounds like, like a crazy prediction. I said it on my show this week. I think he's so unpopular. They want to get rid of him before midterms so people aren't looking at him down ballot. They're not going, well, if I vote for all these Democrats, they're going to push uh, Joe Biden's policies. And maybe they're dumb enough to believe that it'll be different with Kamala. But I, either way, I think that he's that unpopular. They, they just want to get rid of him now. That would be a ballsy move that they did that. Alex Jones predicted it. He's been right about a lot of stuff. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, 
Well, it just I'm would make to sense agree with them. If, if you were writing this like a good author, like if you were George R.R. R. Martin and you're trying to write the political, uh, you know, climax of this season, it's the midterms coming up. What you would do is have the, you know, the doddering old fool patriarch of the party who everyone knows is also an anchor and a millstone around the neck of the left and they'd get rid of him. And that would be like the ninth episode in the 10 part, you know, you know, season. And so then that last one is like that cliffhanger of who's going to take the throne or what have you. And so I don't think it'll be Kamala. I've seen more people than not say Pete Buttigieg is being groomed for for that role (laughs) that that he would be replacing the VP and then he would be anointed. But how, how lame would that be for your ascension to the highest office would be that you went on vacation with a, with a kid you didn't have pretended to you know, feed it with a boob you don't have. So essentially grooming. And then you went into an, a, a job. No one wants you in and didn't vote for you to be having. I mean, that makes no sense to me. Well, it's all about check boxes, right? They just got to say, oh, look, we had the first gay guy, right? Or the first woman or multiracial woman or whatever. They keep adding races to Kamala. I'm surprised they haven't made her gay yet. To no, really, to box. Pete Buttigieg <laughs> should just come out as uh, gender fluid. Like he should do this now. Uh, if I were his, uh, if I were his political strategist, I would tell him you need to go into the leftist circles, the hardest ones, and just first hint at the fact that you really, um, you you feel really all, you know, you feel supportive of the gender fluid people the most. Start hinting at that, make them draw it out of you, and then you can at any point in time claim to be a woman or a man. It'll always benefit you, and no one can accuse him of just you know appropriating that because. He is a white male, but he's an openly gay guy. And so what would they be homophobic? Well, maybe they push uh, Levine to the top of the ticket. She oh, I don't think he's going to be on the top of anything. <laughs> but I, I, also think, I also think we're overlooking one thing is that Joe Biden, the reason that he was a viable candidate, whether, you know, I'm not saying they didn't fortify and do a bunch of stuff, but there was more people that would have voted for Joe. And if you just look at the primaries, this is true because Joe Biden, his entire career has been the average of the left of the Democrat Party at its time. So or, in, or below 19- average, but it just wasn't Trump. But to your point, it's just they would have voted for him regardless of who it was. I'm now, just saying they have his position being terrible. Yeah, I'm just saying his positions are directly in the middle of the Democrat Party at any given time. So in the 90s, when the middle of the Democratic Party, it was okay to be against gay marriage. He was against gay marriage. This is how Joe has always operated. He's just an algorithm. He's just a pen and an algorithm. algorithm. That's all he is. And Kamala Harris, who lost first in the primaries, was the hard left candidate. So as much as we want, you know, like you can make the jokes that or, or even, you know, have the opinion that that butt gig could uh, benefit from these leftist things. <laughs> And he would amongst the hardcore left, but he wouldn't. (laughs) He laughed about butt gig. He wouldn't benefit. The the entire Democratic Party has not gone in totally insane enough, I think, to want a non-binary child stealing uh, pederast. That's my point. So, well, he's currently a secretary. I mean, he's in the cabinet right now. So sure, appointed though, but not voted in. Well, that's. Well, he was appointed just so that they can say, hey, I, I would argue that Joe cabinet. Biden was also appointed and not voted. In. I, I'm agreeing with that as well. I'm just saying I don't think that they want to put. I, I think that with Kamala Harris, the entire algorithm behind that or the entire decision behind that was this is who we want. I mean, Gerald Ford literally predicted this. He said our first female president will happen after we elect a straight white man with a with a with a female president next to him. And I didn't say straight white man. I'm sorry, but he said a man right with a with a female vice president and then he will uh, die or resign. And that's how we'll get our first female president. So well, back then it that. was assumed that he would be a straight white man. Yeah, I know. But I now just... it's just that 
Joe Biden, I don't think we can assume he's straight. If anything, Joe Biden's probably secretly gender fluid. He probably doesn't care what the nine-year-old is. I I don't think he does. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we got about 20 minutes left before the end of the show. Don't forget if you haven't hit that like button, subscribe button, uh, make sure you do it, smash it, uh, hit that share button. It'd be fantastic. We can get this out a little bit further. And don't forget if you have any super chats, uh, they will be read uh, during the last 10 minutes of the show as we uh, address them and answer any questions you guys might have, or maybe you have a question for Drew and you want to get his thoughts on something since, uh, since uh, Tom keeps always speaking over him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, Tom. (laughs) Drew, what was your opinion on Stranger Things season four? (laughs) I haven't watched any Stranger Things. I don't really watch TV shows. That's a good answer, actually. That's awesome. That's based. (laughs) Super based. based. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, do you guys think, do you guys think, though, that I'm right about the, the Kamala, or sorry, the fact that they don't actually want to push a super hard left candidate for, for president yeah. when they're trying to get rid of Biden. Because I think that the super woke people, I still think they're a small minority who are just very loud on Twitter. I think the majority of Democrats are still like your blue collar, you know, people or uh, younger people who just think we need more uh, welfare or whatever. Like, I don't think Pete Buttigieg, I don't think he would be the nominee because he's gay. There's a big there's still a big portion of Democrats who would not vote for a gay candidate. Um even in minority circles. Literally, literally yeah, millions of them minority. voted for Obama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a conspiracy that's worth talking about, by the way. I mean, it's like a conspiracy no, a kind of. Like, well, it's like I, I call things conspiracies that are facts because that's how the general public looks at them. You he know? was credibly accused of doing drugs and having a gay man slurp him. Yes. <laughs> and that guy died after giving congressional testimony about it, but we won't talk about that, right? That's another um, show. That is a whole nother show. <laughs> but yeah, no, like uh, I guess openly gay would be the <laughs> oh. the clarifier there. Yeah. No, I think I think the left has gone definitely further left in, in pretty much every regard, and the mainstream left, and I'm not even saying it's the majority, but the mainstream left is hardcore leftist Marxist. But I think you're right. I don't. I think that they know, especially like you said, amongst minority communities, which they're relying on. They're a coalition of a bunch of minorities. They're not going to get the black vote. They're not going to get the Latina vote with uh, a, a white straight or a white gay man who has who stole a baby from a, a woman deprived of its mother. Like I just don't think that's a winning. You know, if like you said, if they appoint him, sure. But like as far as you know, some of they actually want to convince the American people that was voted for, you know, 85 million or whatever it is the next time uh, record breaking votes. I don't, I don't think butt gig is the, is the candidate. <laughs> no. Okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. So we won't see, uh, we won't see Levine be the candidate either. No. In way. Your, uh... <laughs> oh, I mean, goodness. that would be if they know like, okay, listen, there's an upcoming recession. It's going to another one after this one. There's an upcoming recession that's going to happen. Let's just give it to the Republicans. That's when they would do that. Uh, speaking of recession, obviously they, they still are, are in denial or they, they don't want to address it. The administration right now, they they're saying we're not in a recession because all these other categories showing that we're not in a recession, even though we are in a recession, even Jim, Jim Cramer over on what is that CNBC or whatever uh, with his money thing, we're not in a recession. That dude's wrong about everything. You buy exactly what he tells you to buy, or you don't buy what he tells you to buy, <laughs> because it's probably going to go. It's probably going to tank. Uh, Drew, do you, do you see us coming out of this recession anytime soon? Do you think? 
I mean, I'm sure they'll do what they can to get out of it. I think it's going to be bad. I think gas prices, they're starting to fall at least. But uh, I mean, whenever you had 2020 and 2021, they were just passing stimulus left and right. Like eventually the bill is going to come for that. And that's happening now. Um, I mean, they can always try to postpone the recession and the debt. But I mean, the longer you hold it off, the worse it's going to be whenever it does hit. Yeah, I mean, these people believe in modern monetary theory. For people who don't know what that is, it's essentially an inflation ticket. Like, it's going to create more inflation. So that's my problem is that we have people, like, I, I only want to disagree with you just a little bit, like, is, it, is the, the point that they'll actually do something about it. I think they're just, I think they're creating it, and even if it's not intentional, which I think a big part of it is intentional. Um, I think that their their whole theory around how the economy works is just going to continue to create this stuff. We've got people... In, uh, in the Biden administration who praise Miles' Little Red Book, who praise things like modern monetary theory, and as long as they continue to do this stuff, I don't think we're coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they can make things temporarily better. Like 2020, we had the big crash in March. Then it's like, sure. oh, okay, things get better. We have stimulus checks. Everything's great. They can do that. They can do temporary, make things seem better. Uh, eventually, they're not going to be able to even do that. And well, it you, will just you, be you said it with the gas prices, though. I mean, that's yeah. what they've done is they raised the gas prices uh, to $5 a gallon. And now every day on Twitter, I see a tweet that says it's been 36 days of, of falling gas prices. Isn't this wonderful? And they are actually are trying to sell people this idea that isn't this great? We're bringing the gas price down. Gas is four fifty a gallon where I'm at. It's not good. But as long as they brought it, they, they overshot and then they can reduce it a little bit at a time. They can actually put the headline out. Look how many days in a row Joe Biden has falling gas prices. It's a crock. It's breaking your leg and giving you a crutch. Yeah, yeah, every time somebody on uh, Facebook, one of the normies on Facebook that you know I engage with, uh, talk about you know uh, gas prices are falling down, I send them a picture of what gas prices were in 2021. I'm like, yep, still not there. So I'm not praising anybody. <laughs> right. It's the Putin price hike, Frank. It's all Putin's fault. That's why gas was continually rising all the way from the beginning of Joe Biden's presidency so, till the invasion. So why of is Ukraine. it dropping now? Is it because Putin did, did he take his tax hike away? Well, that's if we're supposed to believe it's a Putin price hike, right? Wouldn't the wouldn't the actual rational answer be that gas prices are falling because Putin? Yeah, we'd have Putin. to give him the praise as we well, give right? Him the credit, right? Yeah, so sixty days or whatever of falling gas prices is Putin. So we they should, should uh, we shouldn't be thanking Joe out. Biden. They should tweet that out. Thank you, Putin, for the falling gas prices. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> someone had said in the comments uh, in the chat that the the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is about six months. And this is what I was referring to with Frank the other night. Figured I'd put this up on the on the screen again. I put this together. It's not correct. It's not uh, to scale. Nothing is uh, correct here in terms of a key. But this is kind of my thought here is, hey, at the very top there on the left, we've got a conspiracy theory kind of lagging behind the truth. It comes that Alex Jones says that they're going to put um, cloned beef in the, into the market. And then only 20 years later, are they admitting it on NPR like it's cool? You know, we get a little closer to these midterms here where I think we're going to first see some overlap of the news telling you outright blatant lies, telling you they're true. You're going to know in the moment that it's not true. Meanwhile, you're going to know the conspiracy is true. And I think as we move forward, you're going to hear the truth leading. That's just what I got there. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate right there. Yeah, spot yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, the, the lag time between conspiracy and truth is getting shorter every day. We're like right here. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> In the danger zone. The danger zone. That's a classic Top Gun movie there. <laughs> Top Gun movie song. 
who was that? Uh, Kenny Loggins? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're here at the 12-minute mark. We got a couple of Super Chats we'll go ahead and pull up and uh, talk about. If you have any questions or you have any other Super Chats, uh, now would be the time to go ahead and put them in. We'll go ahead and address them, what we have here. So I'll go ahead and pull a couple up, and we'll talk about them for a second. Got this one here. I'm not even going to pronounce to try to say the name. Anybody want to take a stab at that? This is Drew's job. It's Risu Masuta. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Says our culture has been subverted and or corrupted. It's both self-inflicted and foreign influ- uh, influenced. Yeah, this is absolutely true, though. I mean, it's self-inflicted by people who are puppets of people like Klaus Schwab, which is the foreign influence. So it's hand in hand for for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, thank you so much uh, for the super chat. And we have another one from him here or her. I don't want to assume anybody's gender. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Says, I just dropped in to see how it's going and hooked my guy Frank up. Support the channel as best you can. My friends uh, got to go. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. uh, Risu Masuta. Risu Masuta. Appreciate it. Risu Masuta. Sounds like a guy. I think. Let me uh, also say something on that. So YouTube probably does not like this channel or let's be frank or the content of this stream. So yes, do your part in promoting this, like it, share it, all that stuff. It's very important. You wouldn't believe how important that is. Yeah. And uh, we are you, streaming Drew. on Odyssey and Rumble as well. So support us on those platforms if you can. Cause yeah, if you're seeing this yeah. right now, it is your job to hit like share comment, etc. Yep. And we have this one from Ocean Breeze Salty. This is what everybody thought I was doing last stream because I would disappear, <laughs> Drew. You weren't here for the last stream. I would disappear every about 10 minutes or so. And these guys thought I was actually going to check out my pizza and see if I had a pizza on it because we had talked about pizza. And he just broke point. the seal. <laughs> yeah, I just had to break Drew, the seal. Drew, he's had... leaving out the part where he just wouldn't say anything. He would just drop off. So yeah, he never like, said, like, I'll be right back. Where did he's he just go? Gone. <laughs> he would just leave and then come back and just stare like nothing happened. I was like, I must have said something, damn it. Yeah. Oh, were you checking on your pizza? No, no, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ocean Breeze Salty says, have a journal ready for sharing when she gets home from work. Hey, thank you so much, Denise. Yes, thank I will. You. I will. Thank you so much. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, my wife. She's been uh, tending to my in-laws because they had come down with the vid. So she's been there um, with them. Uh, so hopefully I'll see her in the next couple days. Well, praying uh, for your in-laws, Frank. Thank you. Here's one from uh, Rodney. It says, go Chiefs. I agree with that. <laughs> Good comment. Uh, but, uh, no, YouTube doesn't like truth. Uh, Patriots, friends, and families. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Maybe if I did uh, more things with pronouns, maybe I would get... Uh, <laughs> Frank isn't handing out pronouns. It's the reason why we're not... Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think from now on, though, if somebody puts a comment we don't know if, you know... It's a male or a female. We should just make up new pronouns for him. I don't know if you saw this story about uh, there's a new frog pronoun now. Have what? you seen this? Yeah, let me see. I think I got the I got the video here. We can, Why are you know. doing that real quick? Let me get yeah. John Smith's question. He says, I have a question. I'm presuming maybe this is toward Drew. Uh, how can we get more normies involved in, with politics? What do you think, Drew? Uh, I don't think you really can i think a lot of what gets people involved in politics is it affecting them personally uh for the most part you're people who they just want to you know watch tv and they're not interested i don't think you can get them interested like i think there's just a big portion of people who never will be uh you know until it affects them personally well i think maybe then your answer is uh tank the economy like joe biden has done. <laughs> exactly there you go i mean that is getting more people interested this i, I think this midterms looks really bad for the left for that reason we do if, have another, if it's if it's fair, 
You know? We do have another question. IIRC.life says, hey, boys, if you were asked, what, why should I be proud of America? How would you answer that? We're better than everyone else. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got uh, PJ. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird one for me because it's like Drew's right. I've traveled around the world like people people complain about this country for legitimate reasons. Um, but when people want to leave this country, I don't get it. Like for me, I'd rather fight for this country over anywhere else in the entire world. Um, I do have a huge problem with the fact that right now our main export is wokeism. And I think that uh, there's a, there's a case to be made in some in some instances. And I think the overturning of Roe v. Wade cuts against that, which is a good thing. Uh, that America went from a country that tolerated evil to a, a country that does evil things and is becoming evil. I think Roe v. Wade was was a case for that. And and uh, but yeah, no, I think that um, and this country is absolutely the greatest country in the world. I think that we have all the potential to be great again. And I would rather uh, I'd rather die for this country and fighting for it than ever go anywhere else. Yeah, ditto here. Same thing. You know, I uh, I got a chance to visit Mexico. Uh, one time and I saw the extreme poverty in a lot of the areas that I went to. And I said, I, we have it so great where we're at. Even, even we were considered poor uh, growing up was still more wealthy than what I got to visit in Mexico. So, you know, being here in America, I just absolutely love this nation. um, And I would do everything to uh, for fight for this nation to ensure that, you know, we are able to still be able to preserve what we, even right now, what we currently have is still better than everywhere else in the world. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I just think about there are other countries in the world and have been to where people are starving to death and they don't have enough food and they're malnourished. We are so wealthy in America that obesity is a problem. Like there are more people who eat too much and have too much at their hands than not enough. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I could lose 90% of the things that we own at home and still be more wealthy than the majority of other people around the world. We are the top 1%, by the way. When you hear these Bernie bros, you know, talking about the 1%, that's all of us, every one of us in America, by a world standard. So you have that video? What's Tom? I want to to hear Tom's answer. Yeah, Tom. Well, geez, you guys are all going for like, hey, our lowest standard is still better than the other lowest. I'm like, guys, you should be proud of like the, the smartest retard in your class. I'm thinking about like, uh, how about like we represent freedom? How about uh, without us, there would be no uh, idea of free speech, free expression, free religion, free press. Those things mm-hmm. don't exist in nearly every other part of the world and only but for a few small areas in the world do they try to emulate what we have here. It ain't perfect, but it beats the pants off of everything else. Yeah, I think that's actually the perfect answer because you're right. The, the every everywhere else in the world that has any idea of of a constitution the way that we do it, uh, free speech. There is no free speech anywhere in the world, anywhere else in the world. Not even Canada. That's the thing. When when the leftists want to talk about how wonderful uh, other semi-socialist or full-on socialist countries are, they they point to places like Canada, and it's like you're literally ran by Castro's son. <laughs> you, you, your, your police threaten to kill people's dogs if they protest. Like you, you're not a great country. I mean, uh, I do laugh at that, but also, you know, our guy, it's like scoreboard. Right. Like someone points at the scoreboard. It's like, yeah, well, we have Biden. Not yeah. true. Yeah. We true. live in the glassest of houses. But, and we're but then it goes back to what you said, which is our foundation as, as a foundational idea of our country uh, yes. that, we, that I think we can get back to. That is exactly where it's at. That's why I said I'd rather fight for this country than go anywhere else because what you're fighting for in this country, what conservatism is, is to hopefully go back to a 
foundational understanding of those freedoms and liberties. So, and I was going to um, say this earlier, you mentioned the, you know, conservatives leave space for other people. The left wants to control every, you know, thing that's mentioned in, in the conversation so that they own all opinion. I, I don't just leave it. Uh, I don't leave just space for other people to have a difference of opinion because I think it's to my morals. I also am hoping that someday there's a different party that it's not just conservatism, but there's a new twist to it that makes things even better. That's even more right. improved. Like I want there to be progress, uh, no, progression or progress, but not the way that the progressives say it. Um, and I, I feel like there's not another group or party that feels that way today. So hopefully that's another reason that we can attract young people to the conservative movement is by continuing to make it better. And kind of what you were saying, PJ, that's making America great again, which mm -hmm. is to improve upon it, not just replace and repeal whatever they were doing bad before. Yeah. yeah, we have this super chat here. It says, if we drone strike the call centers in four countries that call me about my car's extended warranty, I'll pay even more taxes. <laughs> I second that mo movement. Man, the call is coming from inside the country. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Overboard Media. Appreciate that uh, super chat. Thank you so much. Um, let me grab this real quick. Um, you want to pull that video that you have? Yeah, I got that video. Uh, so this is, uh, if you guys are looking for a new gender, if you guys leave a chat and we can't tell you are, we're going to, we're going to make so, one up for you like this. Uh, for the frog, frog self pronouns, you would say something like frog went to the store and frog got a new skirt for frog self. Isn't it so cute? And then for my bug pronouns, you would say something like bug's special interest is monster high. Bug loves talking about it and it always makes bug really happy. Yeah. So you could be bug self or frog self or... Uh, what was that cat one that we saw there this week? All right. Well, well I, I go, go ahead. ahead. There's, There's a tech again. again. Yeah, PJ, yeah, PJ got, got your audio, audio off. My bad. There we go. PJ's never running the show again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I went ahead and put in the link uh, in the uh, chat there for everybody. If you want to check out Lockout Days and where you can find him, I linked his link tree, and you can find him on all the different uh, places uh, he is at. And I just want to give uh, Drew just a minute here. He can just uh, shout out his channel and uh, tell you a little bit about, you know, what he likes to talk about over there. Drew, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I tweet sometimes not very much anymore, but that's mostly just nonsense. My YouTube channel, I've been talking a lot about economics, uh, free market economics, that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I'm on YouTube, Lockout Days, or you can look up Drew Hancock. Uh, I'm on Odyssey, and, uh, yeah, that's me. And on the pronoun thing, if I can just say, I was kind of thrown out whenever we started and we didn't start with our pronouns, but uh, I'm glad we got through it and I didn't get misgendered at any point. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right. Well, uh, as we are wrapping up for tonight, we had another great stream. Hopefully everybody enjoyed themselves. Everybody got a chance to drink on their favorite beverage as we got through today's uh, week and news that what we had. <laughs> Dr. Ping, I identify as a non-Biden. I love it. And I hope you guys will check us out. Uh, during the week, I will post uh, segments from this show over on the Last American Pubcast uh, channel. You guys can check out the small uh, segments I put out there. And, of course, uh, you can follow all the links for our good friends here, myself. Which you guys can find me over on Let's Be Frank. And, PJ, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter or Instagram or pretty much anywhere at PJ underscore Patriot. Uh, or look up uh, wartime propaganda on uh, Rumble, on Odyssey, uh, YouTube, any of that stuff. So uh, appreciate you guys supporting me and supporting this channel. And uh, 
yeah, if you if you guys are watching this show, please check out everybody on here. Drew, Tom, Frank, everybody, every one of us is trying to put out content outside of this. And besides myself, I think all of all of the content these guys are putting out is pretty great. So. Well, I appreciate I put the, out subpar content, but you can the, still check it out. I'm going to clip that. I'm going to use that as an ad later on the <laughs> America Floats channel, which is on Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble, all of the other platforms. You'll find it at America Floats on literally everything. I think if I'm missing one, you can send an email to America Floats at ProtonMail.com and on Twitter at Float Show. We do the live stream. It's called the Float Show every Tuesday and Thursday at eight o'clock. And we'll uh, we'll see you there. Next week, uh, PJ, do you want to give a sneak peek of who our guests might be next week? Can I say? Yeah, you can say. Okay, so next week we uh, we had heard you guys. Uh, I think it was last week asking us who we wanted to vote for uh, in the primaries for uh, governor in Michigan, and I was actually able to secure an interview with Ryan Kelly. So if you guys want to hear what he's about, uh, we'll we'll talk to him. We've we've got a half hour with him that's coming up next week, and uh, we'll uh, kind of break that down and talk about some of the other people that are running in case. Uh, any of our Michigan followers want to know who uh, to vote for. So Yeah, there we go. And also, we also got Bryson Gay. Uh, Gay. <laughs> <laughs> I better not slip up and tell him that. He's no, making was- an announcement. <laughs> we got, we'll have Bryson Gray with us as well. I'm not sure if it's going to be this week um, coming up along with, uh, with uh, uh, Mr. Kelly there, or it will be the following week. I got to work out a couple of the scheduling details with him, but he is he has agreed. Uh, to be on the show. So I'm very excited about having him on as well. And we were very excited about having Drew here with us. Hopefully Drew will come back in the future and join us again um, and and uh, and lift his glass to his favorite beverage as we get out of here for our uh, end of the last American Pubcast. So thank you everybody for being here tonight. Hope to see all of you guys next week and stay safe out there and stay hydrated. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later. Have a great Great night, everybody.